0: All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Bottom of the Bill. We've got our boys Chuck McGee and Daniel Heights in the podcast today. I thought it was a really fun one.
1: I love this episode. Yeah. It was one of my favorites in a long time. I feel like we were just talking to a couple of guys. Yeah. Like a couple of friends, I'll say.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. It's always cool getting to do shows with people that we know because it's like a, it feels more like a hang than, than like an interview.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's people on our level.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. For no, sure. they're
1: way better than us. 100%. <laughs>
0: I mean, they're they're amazing musicians, and I love everything they got going on with Stealing Peaches and Chuck McGidrio and Daniel Heights Band. They've got a lot of cool stuff coming up, so make sure you guys look out for that. Um, we also have bottom of the bill merchandise available. Right now, the links are on our YouTube. So head to our YouTube, subscribe, check out our Spotify, follow us, whatever we can do to try and grow this thing quicker. Faster, bigger, all that good stuff. Um, we have a website coming soon. Uh, all great things on the horizon. Uh, so make sure you keep up with us and all that stuff. Um, and enjoy the episode. New Bottom of the Bill episode starts now. This is Bottom of the Bill where we talk about the modern grind of a musician. Album ship. cycles. Well, hold on, Bill. Give me a second, man. Because we don't know what we're talking Spotify about. Spotify you keep interrupting me, that's not how we discussed it. Just give me a second, man. We invite established artists Festival on. Festival lineups. Can I just get my stuff out real quick? We invite established artists on to share their strategy to success. Marketing
1: strategy.
0: The strategies. premier do-it-yourself podcast. Hashtag D. Ah, screw it. This is bottom of the bill. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Yeah. What's up? Uh, We're going to do our cheers. Uh... So we'll cheers you guys through the screen. There you go. Cheers, guys. Hell yeah.
2: Hey, cheers. cheers.
0: Uh, it's cool. I'm glad we get to do this. We've played multiple shows together over the years. Um, I've seen you guys in many different forms. I'm excited to get to sit down and hang with you without having the uh, obligation of playing a show. Yeah, it's pretty re- nice. Yeah. So. Uh,
2: or driving two hours. Uh, yeah, that's always <laughs> fun.
0: Yeah, we're in the future now. We can do this via telephone. For real. Uh, what's been going on guys how's everything going
2: we're good we're chilling we're kind of um getting back in the swing of things of uh playing some more shows took a little break over summer so it's kind of nice to get uh the ball rolling again here
0: hell yeah um so what's the uh main focus right now you got stealing peaches you got chuck mcgid trio you got Daniel Heights band. What 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 are we? What's our main focus right now?
3: We're just juggling a lot of balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, like <laughs> oh, we're doing the whole season teachers thing. Like you said, we took a break for a little while,
0: um, but
3: now we're kind of what halfway through, or maybe a little bit into fall tour, a couple weekends. Yeah, I at think least. we
2: had a couple one offs like at the beginning of September. What happened was July is too hot, and everyone's on vacation in Florida, and it rains every day at 4 p.m. So a year ago during pandemic or whatever my wife and I said we are not working in Florida during July's so ever again we're just going to travel so we took July off and then our percussionist and um singer Dave and Steel and Peach is awesome friend of ours um and awesome bandmate he is the first one of us in the band to have a baby so his wife had a baby in early August so we wanted to be really respectful of that you know life-changing uh you know time for them so you know we're easing back into it with a couple one-offs here um every weekend and now we're starting to get to where we're playing a couple shows back to back on these weekends and traveling a little bit more so oh yeah but i would have to say that um we are definitely feeding the flame and fueling that fire that is the and peaches thing right now because you know it's going pretty well um we're getting great responses at the shows and everyone's just really vibing on it so when that's happening. I think it's really important to just kind of keep fueling that fire and see where you can uh, kind of get the project.
1: For like uh, fans of the show that are watching, it, can you like kind of describe stealing peaches to everybody?
2: <laughs> For sure. You want me to describe it?
1: We call it an
3: Almond Brothers review. A um, review. We just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I th- we've had this conversation multiple times, but we try to go the kind of Joe Russo route, where we're like still respecting the music, playing all the parts that are supposed to be here, I'll uh, be there, but also um, kind of experimenting with it and doing our own thing. So
2: you know definitely the paying brothers. the respect the music deserves and playing all the parts but then also putting our like own flair and our own influences on it as well
1: do you ever have like super like diehard almond brothers fans like just scream at you and tell you how awful you and off kilter it is
2: <laughs> i think daniel hears that every show from his dad <laughs> <laughs> so my pops dude my pops will get me if i
3: ain't playing that shit right no joke um me and chuck first started this project um it was just people were asking us to do it because we kind of both play guitar like that, and we love that music. Um, and then my dad saw us before it was stealing, when we kind of were, I want not say half-assed playing the parts, but not quite doing it. And my pops was like, you guys got to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's
2: be real. We, we've we been playing this music for years where we were kind of like, you know, getting through the tunes and stuff. And then um, people used to book us as the Daniel and Chuck Almond Brothers reviewer, or Chuck and Dan. And after the pandemic, we decided to really, you know... Um, get these songs as daniel likes to say dead nuts you know (laughs) where we're really knowing our stuff front to back and um paying the music the respect it deserves you know so if there is any purists out there um we're definitely trying to make sure that they're happy while also giving people that are just hearing this music for the first time you know an experience that is also you know it's historic like um Timeless music, you know what I mean? Like even if you haven't heard it before, you recognize it, you know, and you recognize these songs are really killer songs. So, I mean, just be able to do it the way it needs to be done note for note, but then also being able to adventure and space out a little bit from time to time. I know, Billy, you know what I'm talking about with all that space, yeah. that space odyssey stuff. No, I want
1: I, want I I want, want when people are doing tributes, like it should actually be a tribute and then put your own spin on it. Yeah, 100%. Because what did I say? Every, uh, uh, on a long enough timeline, every band becomes a cover band, right? Yeah. Yeah. You go to a show and they just are like... Yeah, shut up and play the hits. All we want is you to play the, the covers that we know. Yeah,
0: the Stones are probably getting hit with satisfaction all the time. Yeah, and of course. Like, you know, yeah. So, yeah,
1: it's very refreshing to hear you all uh, take a new twist on the Elmer Brothers. Not even a new twist. Just,
0: like, put your own spin on it. Do you guys do a lot of jamming in that scenario or are you just mostly playing the parts?
2: So, there's definitely a lot of jamming. Um, I think... You know, there was definitely a lot more jamming at first when our repertoire was smaller, because we had to uh, fill these two hour and fifteen minute sets. Um, But now we've got so many songs where we're really playing a lot of tunes. Um, and then we're also kind of these last couple gigs, we've been playing way less instrumental jams. I
3: I think the jams have become more focused and less just like big and spacey. They become like, we kind of know what we're going to do and we're moving somewhere, which I think is a really important thing, you know?
0: Yeah. It's an interesting thing with the, uh, with like the improv sections, like there's this whole kind of, uh, debate, I feel like within this community of, you know, are you really jamming and improvising or are you just kind of you know, loosely p- playing stuff that you've kind of figured out through the course of jamming. And uh, to me, there's there's definitely people that are doing both. Uh, what's your guys' take on that? What, what do you think is, like, the well, funnest way to do it?
3: Well, I know, just kind of touching what you're talking about, I know Umphreys McGee does something really cool where they have, like, two different types of improvisations they do. Um, one are called Jimmy Stewart's and their Space Odyssey's. And the Jimmy Stewart's are things that they've already kind of written, that they know the jam parts, they're kind of, like, Already kind of set in stones. So they know they're gonna jam, but they're gonna do the certain thing. But the space odysseys are things that they just like completely go off and just do whatever.
0: Right. That shit's or always like wild way. to me. It's like figure. Like I like those kind of jams. It's really fun, especially when you when you got like people like filling in that don't typically play with you, and you can kind of they're gonna play the song a certain way that's different than what you're used to. So like trying to adapt and figuring out like the new way to play the song and jamming in the moment versus kind of playing an established you know, quote unquote improv section, you know, that you know kind of more or less is where it's going. So I think it's fun to do both for sure, but definitely that element of of not knowing what's gonna happen next makes it a lot of fun.
2: Definitely. I mean now we're to a point where we got this catalogue of songs where we'll be in the middle of a jam, but then one of us will cue a lick from an entirely different song and because we know the harmonized licks, we'll know, oh, to go into that section yeah. it's kind of like way more parts than it is just free space but you gotta you know get there somehow so i think like this past weekend at Tuffy's for our encore we did blue sky into um, mountain jam back into blue sky and we didn't know how we were going to do it or how we were going to get there or segue all this stuff and we even threw in some led zeppelin uh how many more times iconic bass riff in there just to get to the next section oh yeah but um once you start playing those cues that lead you into that back into that verse you know it's nice to have that foundation of oh makes it sound like we know exactly what we're doing
0: (laughs) hell hell yeah man I mean it takes a certain level of of comfortability on stage and just musicianship to to get away with that kind of stuff and obviously over the years of doing this and train wrecking stuff and then you know or pulling it off perfectly you kind of get so comfortable with that that uh spectrum that you can kind of pull it off in any situation after a while you know
1: that's the best part about uh, uh, being a listener, uh, going to a jam band show, is when you hear that like, get out of this jam riff for the first time. You're like, oh fuck, they're going into this now. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, totally. That's my favorite. I love the biscuits. Uh, they're my favorite jam band, and like, they, they they're the like the kings of of doing that like. I think they're about to play this, and then they'll go away from it, they'll tease it or whatever, but when they finally hit that lick and they get it, the whole audience goes crazy. Not be, not even because of the song that they're about to play, just because, like, I recognize this hook. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah,
1: I love bands. Yeah. They're the best. 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about this tour you guys got coming up. Where, where are you guys going?
2: Do you know where we're going, Daniel? <laughs>
3: I have to check my calendar anytime anybody ever yeah, asks me that question. I definitely feel so. that.
2: Daniel was like, so, uh, where are we, are we? Are we at Will's Pub this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, we're in Gainesville, yeah. dude. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I mean, we started off at the Popka Amphitheater here in uh, Central Florida. Then the next week, we just did a little festival in Steen Hatchie called the Seven Band Jam in an awesome place called Fiddler's Resort. Um, it's become a cool little Steen Hatchie home away from home. And then uh, where did we go after that? We went to um, Floridian Social Club in St. Petersburg, nice. uh, Florida. And then we went down to Boca at this new spot, um, the Boca Black Box. Usually we play at uh, Crazy Uncle Mike's. They got a handful of cool spots down there in South Florida, so we're checking them all out. But, um, I mean, we're also, I'd just like to touch on the fact that St. Pete was crazy. That was hands down our biggest show as a band yet, and by almost double attendance from any other show we've done. So it was, like, pretty crazy and surreal to have a venue pretty packed out playing all this music and if everybody there knows the songs and is celebrating it with you. Um, so, I mean, we're really trying to push the envelope and see what we can do with this thing. Um, just had to touch on that show. It was just crazy. It was. Real it quick. was super crazy. Um, where are we going next? Hartwood Soundstage, Gainesville, Florida. Then we're um, doing, going to a couple weddings this month, chilling out for Halloween. Then we're going to Underbelly, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. We'll see you there November 4th. Where else? We're going to Charleston Poorhouse, And then we're going from there to Cocoa Village, to a festival in Fort Pierce, to Lakeland at Union Hall. Then we're at New World Brewery in Tampa, Will's Pub on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. Then we're doing the Marion Theater in Ocala, then Beachside Tavern. And then um, we just made a, oh, we just played Sanford, Tuffy's too, but we just made a vocal announcement at the end of our show at Tuffy's. We're gonna be playing New Year's there. Hell yeah. We'll also be playing a little festival that weekend and surrounding that whole weekend with uh our first proper new year's run you know only been a band for one new year's previously so excited to uh have a proper run this second year
0: yeah man well, congratulations on all that sounds super exciting
2: thank you and we just got uh our first booking agents too so we're excited to be working with these guys moving on into the uh, new year so uh
0: who are you guys signing with
2: um we're going with um this crew true grit talent agency they got some awesome guys uh Philip Walker and Andrew Hall are gonna be tag team in the operation. Andrew Hall is also the um talent buyer at Third and Lindsley in Nashville, Tennessee. And then also um the talent buyer and I believe venue manager at a last concert cafe in Houston, Texas too. Oh yeah. And it's just been awesome to see their um pro- um progression as, you know, buyers and town agents and think um excited to see what we can all do together. Expanding the team.
0: Hell yeah, man. I love it. I love it.
1: That's great. Was like goal for it to be like Joe Russo's almost dead, but just make it uh, Allman Brothers. Yeah, maybe
2: from kinda. the south. We just want to have fun. Yeah. Honestly. All right. Okay. Like, all right. With our with our best friends, but if we're able to play music that people freaking love, and like, the idea is um, just to play music. It makes us happy, you know. So, our keyboard player put it pretty well on one time. Or interestingly enough, he was playing in Thomas Wynn and the Believers, and then also Hannah Harbor and the Lion Hearts. And he's played in our projects before, but. He's never written his own music, so he put it like, you know, no matter whose band I'm in, I'm playing someone else's music, you know? <laughs> Fair so point. it's a pr- it was a really cool perspective that I've never really heard before. But um, yeah, man, I mean, that's the goal. Everyone in the band has their own original projects, so we're all being as creative as we possibly can. This is just kind of uh, helping everything rise a little bit to the top. Just a vehicle, you know, for
3: us to do what we do, for sure.
0: Totally, man. So what's, uh, what's the creative process like right now with uh, the original bands, and are you guys planning on um, showcasing those projects more?
2: Definitely. Um, it's been pretty cool because we can book Steel and Peaches, but then we can also offer, hey, we also have five other bands if you need uh, some more bands <laughs> for your festival or whatnot. Like, I have my own band. Daniel has his own band. Bucky, our drummer, has Oxford Nolan. He's also touring internationally with Roosevelt Collier which is a pretty awesome thing. Um, um, Our bass player, Glenn, plays in an awesome band called The Unlistenables. I said uh, Colin, our keyboard player, plays in Thomas the Believers, Hannah Harbour and The Lionhearts, and then uh, David Venegas, um, our percussionist, um, he also has his own jazz quartet. Um, So we're all, you know, honing in on those uh, original projects and using this thing to kind of uh, spend our time gigging right now while we can put together all the... uh, you know these days the eps the videos the content you know uh we're content creators that play music for hour and 15 minutes at a time that's you know?
0: literally what it is i tell people all the time that ask us about this because it's like oh you guys you must love what you do you get to play music with your friends and you know it's, it's a blast it's like yeah it is but there's that's like 10 percent of what actually goes into what we're doing like what you see on stage is not the thing that's like that's the part that we get to enjoy, and then there's the other ninety percent of it that's like you know a lot of work, yeah, it's work. it's a lot of it's a lot of the emails and that kind of stuff. but then even like the thinking about the content creating and and then like you know being on top of the social media stuff and uh and then you get into you know like all the all the music rights and all that shit. It gets to be like so there's a lot of aspects of this that are just not what we all got into this for, I would imagine, you know,
2: definitely, yeah. but I mean. The game's, like, also changed, like, completely over the years from the heydays of uh, the golden (laughs) eras where everyone was buying CDs, cassette tapes, and records all at the same time in the late 90s, you know, 99, where Shania Twain was crushing it. Um, You know, now it's, like, streams, but it's not really how you make your living, you know. You got to go out there and play. Live performance is, like, the number one revenue stream for musicians, so it's, like, we just want to play and have fun anyway, so we can't really... uh, there are ways for us to be able to sell the music of stealing peaches or whatnot, but we're really looking to just play it as much as possible. You know, what, totally.
1: w- what was like the social media of the nineties? Uh, what mean, was it all about? Magazines, I guess it's your you music mean, videos, right? Yeah, that was No, no, no. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What was, what was the hard work back then? We're working harder. Uh, or are I, we? I don't think we're
0: working well, harder. <laughs> What do you guys think? We also
2: have all these tools. You know, like, we're sitting here talking over Zoom. Yeah. You know, we got 4K cameras rolling. We're recording on Logic and all whatever you're recording on, all these interfaces. I mean, even, that's kind of the idea of why we're building out this, like, little studio space here. And our drummer, Bucky, also has an awesome studio space. Um, And we're just trying to make it so we have, like, production studios anywhere we want to go. If we need to make videos, if we need to you know, edit music, uh, mix tunes, um, record, you know, like now it's about, you got to do it all to make a living. And I'm a big fan of that. I just like doing, playing, being a musician so much that, you know, taking on those, um, challenges of learning a new tool or a new program or a new interface or how to be a cameraman, a Photoshop designer, a, uh, booking agent, a, uh, manager of whatever it may be, you really got to embrace the hyphen. I had an awesome professor, Chuck Archer at Rollins College, um, teaches all the music business classes and then also is the bass professor there. And he's always preaching to his students, embrace the hyphen. I think Ari Hurstand also says that in his book. He's a big Ari fan. So, um, I mean, there's ways to do it. You just got to go out and get it. And that's why I think Stealing Peaches is so fun and special because all these guys want it so bad so it's like when you get um everybody on the same page and then you really we really practice like transparent like um communication too is something we're really working on I think that's why this band's working the way it is so far is like it's tough for dudes or males to be vulnerable and talk about their feelings and how they feel yeah (laughs) you know but I think um for the fact that we've been able to do that and embrace how important that is for us to be able to make the music that much better has really um, really helped everything out. I mean, I don't know, Dan, how do you feel about uh, telling me how you feel all the time?
3: <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. You're great. You're like my therapist pretty much, so all good, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been great. You know, I call it always keeping all the puppies in a box, and it is hard sometimes. I mean, as you know, it's like <laughs> being in a relationship with a bunch of dudes. It's it's kind of weird, but uh, it's it's great, man. I wouldn't trade it for anything, so
0: that's literally what it's like though I mean it's, it, it's I
3: would I would trade it you would trade it yeah <laughs> I <laughs> for a pile of cash <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, sometimes I would for sure <laughs> the,
0: there's definitely two things uh, of, uh, uh, that I want to kind of ex, ex, expand on or just like you know add on to with that is that uh, the first part of that is the embracing uh, the hyphen like all that that's amazing because like the thing is, is that it's like Nowadays, as an artist, you have to wear all these different hats and, like, you know, figure out what the next thing is. Um, but to me, it's very similar train of thought where it's like, if you love playing music and you love, you know, like the artistry side of it, then you can apply that same creativity to the business side of it as well. And if you just allow yourself to look at the business as just another creative endeavor like learning the Photoshop stuff, learning the software uh, to to record music, and then, or just even thinking about new ways to create content, like creating a podcast, or like what you guys are doing right now with all the behind the scenes stuff that you're releasing is is great stuff, and it's high quality too, so it's just thinking about like building your team, delegating stuff, and then, you know, getting creative with how you create the content, and just even how you run your business, you know? Um, If you're an artist, there's creativity in all of that, and if you find it, the, the whole thing becomes a lot more i think fun and almost more like a game than it is more of a uh, of a daunting task, you know
2: yeah absolutely like our goal is like you know if you want to do this like we- i wanna be able to create sustainable careers for all these guys to be able to justify spending their time getting in a van and going and playing some music, and also now half the band's married, so we gotta justify it to spouses as well <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> you know? right it really helps when you have your uh business in order, and you, everyone's seeing the spreadsheets and where everything's going, and the transparency, like I was talking about, everybody knows every single, around every corner of what's happening in this operation, in this band, and uh, we like, are lucky that we're also doing that musically. You know, we're uncovering different stones and then just figuring out how we can utilize these different tools, and uh, you know, We're just hustling. (laughs) I love it, man.
0: I love it. We're
2: tired, but we're hustling. Yeah,
0: I feel that, man. Um, David
1: Bowie was like an old school example of of doing all this stuff because he was like, he was like, I don't want to make music right now. I want to be a. I think for a little while he was a mime. Really? Yeah, he (laughs) spent like a couple years being a mime. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, I will say he did yeah. a lot of he did a lot of blow for sure. But I I remember uh, for David. but for real though, like he was like I want to be an actor, and so he did. Oh yeah, yeah. But he did, and yeah. and he like he wanted to make movies, and he wanted to be a writer, and all this other stuff, and that I guess isn't really <laughs> the whole social media mediaing and uh, you know starting a
0: business or whatever. But uh, oh, he did that too. If you no, think but that he wasn't course. aware of the business side of it. No, that and he has, was. Yeah.
1: All I'm trying to say is he. Like going to your point about doing everything extra, a lot of people can be like, I'm not doing that. I'm a a musician. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, that's true. But you can also do these things where you got to put yourself in a a box, in a box like that.
3: Yeah,
0: Totally.
1: and also,
3: you can get burnt out on playing music. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of cool to wear different hats sometimes because you know, doing this all the time. It, you know, I need time away from that lady sometimes. You know.
0: Oh man, <laughs> I mean, like I can go on for days about how brutal the bar gigs that pay the bills right now can be. You know what I mean? So I, we've all experienced
2: that for sure. It's yeah. a wild, it's a wild child right there. But I think it's also part of the journey, you know, um, until you figure out how to break through that box doing something else. Like I played in the corner of every taco bar and taco shop in <laughs> central Florida, every brewery back in the day. It was like, did like 272 gigs one year of just solo gig hustling. Yep. And, and then thank God the pandemic hit or else I would have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. um,
3: you still went a little crazy. I think yeah, but.
2: I still am crazy, but came out the other side, like wanted to figure out how to make a living, you know? And, um, you know, so I think diversifying is a huge part of it. Like you're talking about even acting and stuff. Like how many cameos have you seen Flea on in movies? He's yeah. in Star Wars, you know. like yeah. um, He's in Big Lebowski. You know, I think diversifying. I had a class um, um, at grad school. I did that after the pandemic and it was uh, music business revenue streams and it really talked about diversifying, you know, how you made a living as an artist. And a lot of these artists like Rihanna play in the um, – super bowl this year her main revenue stream isn't from her music it's from uh cosmetics i believe yep that's uh makeup.
0: that's so. a lot of artists man. I mean 50 cent made all of his money with vitamin water so and then you know, he lost all of it too with uh, vitamin water really? like,
2: keep that some, keep uh, that in mind cabo wabo i think uh
1: oh jimmy buffett's was, got it down yeah. 100 so that was sammy
2: hagar's ca- no, cabo, wabo, no, no right? yeah, yeah
1: yeah i'm saying margarita but jimmy buffett
2: <laughs> Dude, I oh, went yeah. to Jimmy Buffett. Um, we scootered down there with a gallon jug of hurricane pre-mixed. You know, so we had our like we were bumming it down there. And um, but he owned Land Shark and then sold Land Shark, but he still makes five dollars per beer per land shark beer that's like, or five percent of every Land Shark beer or something like that. And everybody in a twenty thousand person arena is drinking Land Shark. Right. So he's making five percent of every beer or someone. I mean, it's those weird little things that some people And, you know, I definitely am guilty of, like, I just am fascinated by that stuff, and that's why I try to surround myself around some more musical purists like Daniel, (laughs) you know. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I think that kind of melting pot of everybody having different minds, you know, the business with the music and, you know, um, a little bit of family life, all that Melting pot really creates. Uh, I gotta
1: say, in in our you know duo, I'm definitely more on Daniel's side. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I can't stand any of this shit. At yeah. all, to be honest oh, Yeah, with you. With you, oh <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm with
3: you, bro. I, you know, Chuck. I am really happy to have <laughs> Chuck around because he has taught me a lot about a lot of this stuff.
0: Um, I just want to play guitar. Yeah, and shit, yeah. So. yeah. Uh, so so that's that's really
2: what I want to do. But I know we have to do this to no. uh, make make living, so. Chuck, you it and I are true. cut from the same cloth, yeah. my friend. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Um, uh, I want to. This is a side of it that I find fascinating. I really want to get into all that in a minute. Let's do a bottom of the billboard. Bottom of the billboard. Um, so. You got.
2: Bottom of the billboard. Wait. Bottom of the Wait. billboard. Where's my beer? Get your yeah, fucking you beers, your boys.
0: Beer? I was, I was about to say.
1: The way, the way that it's two of us versus two of them right now, I feel like we should be doing some sort of like game or something like that. Yeah. Like some sort of music quiz. We
0: could definitely do that. We could throw that in at some point today. We're well, talking Almond Brothers stuff. A stuff a I guess. Oh, yeah. You don't know. We're not going to do Almond Brothers. That's, not, that's, not yeah, a game. that's game. totally rigged against <laughs> us in that situation. <laughs> yeah. If hey, we will go Disco biscuits toe
2: for toe. No, we won't. There's (laughs) no no way. There's no way. I'll smoke you. (laughs) Can I phone a friend? Yeah, good luck.
1: You can phone me, yeah, 100%. (laughs) I'll give you some answers. Um, (laughs) It was a trick answer. But anyway, sorry, sorry.
0: No, you're good. So let's do uh, bottom of the billboard this week. What do we got, Bill?
1: Uh, Face to face by the uh, incredible... Way ahead of their time, Daft Punk. Yeah, this song came out in 2001. Really, over 20 mm. years ago. That's wild. Yes, it is wild. Uh, I was a, uh, a young lad when this came out. I was, I think, 12, and I was just obsessed with that whole album. And I loved their um, whole sort of behind the mask vibe or whatever. It's like the, for some reason I always put Daft Punk and Gorillas in the same uh, category. Uh, we
2: going to see the gorillas, right? Fuck but yeah. next month,
1: the whole point where like you never yes. saw their face or anything like that. You always just saw like you know they were in robot costumes, and then all you didn't even see the robot costumes at all when this album came out. It was all this like anime of uh, blue people and everything. But yeah, there's a lot of great songs on that track, but a lot of them are very, very, uh, just you know, four on the floor and just a repetitive loop or like around the world like, come on. <laughs> like yeah, that. totally. But this song <laughs> I really love because uh, what, what they did, I don't think they were the first to do this but they brought this to light was using um, like every sample you could think of. Uh, this song has something close to like 20 different samples from like Bands you never would have thought of, a lot of Kenny Loggins on this song, believe it or not. Uh, 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 uh Alan Parsons Project, <laughs> like the like the, the weirdest samples you can think of. So I always, uh, I had no idea about this until you know I was much older. But when I was a kid, I'm like, I love this, and I don't know why. Yeah, but I just thought it's amazing that they they can make a uh, a track like this with that many. Uh, uh, samples like that, and like just like tiny little details. Yeah,
0: like that. What's that? There's like this effect that happens at the beginning of the top of like the of this one section where it's it sounds like somebody's taking a uh, like. I don't know, like one of those air pressure things is blowing it right in your face. Uh, that would, like, a compressor? No, no that no. would be that would be, I believe, a noise. Yeah, it's yeah. Is what it's called? Is it it's called a noise?
1: Yeah, on a synthesizer, literally. I'm not like I'm not I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, but, but like static or whatever. But yeah, it's an it's a not a noise oscillator. Somebody's gonna be like, no, it's not an oscillator. I'm like, okay, all right. But that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah.
0: I fucking love that effect. The I actually sh- that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, yeah, it's it just, you can feel the, like, you can feel it, like, yeah. sh- yeah, it's like it like reverberates in your body. Like it feels yeah. like it's smacking you right in the face. I actually like this song. Oh, a
2: lot. I didn't think you were going to. No, I love this. Just throw some side chain compression on there. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a embrace the kick. No. Yeah. that's more Benny Benassi, but <laughs> that part, yeah, make that make it sound pretty like pretty I know what
0: I'm talking. Yeah, truck just throwing out like engineer worries, terms right words. now. That just yeah. If you we it, found another friend. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you
1: if you if you listen to this track, though you can go to a YouTube and there's a lot of uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the channel, but they like break down every single. Uh, like DJ sampling thing, and they'll they'll put like the album cover. Like when all the uh, samples come up, yeah. But this one is just insane.
0: You know what it kind of reminds me. They use
1: me- like like not even a second of something. No,
0: I know. You know what it kind of reminds me of is like, uh, and you're gonna hate me for saying this. Go ahead. But it sounds kind of like, and, and maybe they got it from Daft Punk, but it sounds like a Pretty Lights kind of situation.
1: 100. Yeah, they 100%. stole it from Daft Punk.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, but uh, that's why I wanted to just make sure I was they paying homage Branson to the right person. Smith. But I love. Yeah,
1: shout out, Pretty Lights.
0: Yeah, I I fucking I, I love that shit, man. So yeah, I heard this. I was it, it did not sound. Uh, it, it was not at all what I expected from Daft Punk.
1: No, I know. Yeah. so and really again, like everybody, when because they're like, oh, Daft Punk, You're like they're the ones that do that Kanye West song, and that's oh, that's okay. that's how they got they got like you know super super popular. But back, you know, when I was like you know teenager or whatever, like that was everything to me. Um, I had a point to this.
2: <laughs> yeah, Good. there is a point. There is a point yeah. somewhere. No, well,
1: no, but but like uh, when like, when their new album came out, random access memories, uh, and they had like every soul artist that you can think of on on one album. Everybody was like, oh, dad, punk sounds all funky and stuff now. I'm like, they've been doing this for 20 years ago. Like, yeah. what are you talking about?
0: No, it was dope. I loved it. I and now, loved now they're
2: broken up, and so I love well, no more new music. I mean, are they broken up or are they just? killing it so hard that they can just put out a record every 10 12 years and i
1: hope just come back
2: for one world tour and then chill out i wish they. i mean that's they're as big as it gets too you know you can't you can't play all the time when you're daft punk like uh i don't know but when it comes to french dj duos i'm more of a justice fan
1: oh hell yeah Yeah. hell yes 100 to justice
2: you watch their youtube documentary it's on youtube dude that it's insane like the last show of the whole tour they're gonna fight out in the back alley the guy smashes a dude's like head with a jack daniels bottle cuts his whole hand to shreds goes and plays like an hour two hour set and then their tour managers pouring more whiskey on it wrapping it up they go do an encore and then he gets escorted out of there in handcuffs. <laughs> oh my judge. god! Yeah, so good. That's awesome. And the tour manager it gets like a Glock sent to him and like a FedEx <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in the tour bus just like pointing it out the window and shit. Like I love they it. They are that. Go watch that movie. It is the most rock and roll situation. I've ever seen. They are the most rock star DJs. You like, like
0: you like Justice? I don't even know who that oh, is. I'm so town. removed from the <laughs> Justice. Yeah. <I'm>, Justice fucks, <laughs> dude. I'm so removed from, from that world, but you know, there's stuff definitely within that realm that i appreciate uh but just never like never, this song you appreciate this song. i love this song really yeah, yeah. you do I, I the guitar stuff that i thought was really cool like the baseline i thought was dope it's, it really grooves like hard but then it's got like that element again that obviously pretty lights stole but i i was very i became very familiar with pretty lights because my friends were very into pretty lights and that was like an aspect of edm that i really really enjoyed we all hated pretty lights no i'm because you guys were like more purists it was just like
4: it was just it was just like do enough ecstasy and you know yeah well yeah. that was
0: definitely the thing it was just literally just hanging out my friend's living room just dropping fucking rolls and just literally oh. just zoning and just going crazy to pretty lights and stuff within that genre you know
1: yeah, for sure.
2: I
0: played the fifth. Yeah, okay, we get it, Bill. You're so- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Mom and Dad. I'm sorry, Bill, <laughs>
2: he, Billy. No comment.
0: Bill, Bill, it's like what? It's, it's like uh, Go ahead and say it. what's pre lights? No comment. What's the uh? It's just it's soft. It's like the John Mayer of uh, EDM. No, it's it's like it's like it, if Billy was talking about jazz, he'd be talking about how much he loves what's the fucking sax player guy Kenny uh Loggins. No. Uh, G? Kenny G, yeah, Kenny, Kenny G, Billy, like, yeah, Kenny. I love Kenny G. But like any jazz pierce like is like, well, fuck you, like yeah. any, literally oh. anything to happen, oh, like, yeah, like Coltrane yeah. or something, you know. Yeah, 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 but yeah, you're yeah. like, no, Kenny G. Uh, I'm saying I like pretty lights, but like that right, right, right. you know oh, right. what I mean? Exactly.
1: That's okay. That's even better. Yeah. yeah. No, he's like the no. I don't want to say that because he's actually pretty but good. Dude, but he got uh, all he his stuff soft. from Michael
2: Maynard, you know. He got all this stuff from Michael Maynard. Then he went to yeah, whatever. Yeah,
4: exactly. Chuck
2: knows what he's talking
1: about. Michael Maynard's fucking that game. Michael Maynard fucks too.
2: <laughs> I moved out to uh, Colorado and started a uh, DJ duo called Electronic with keyboards. Oh, and guitar. Electronic, Ooh. I love that. And and that Pretty awesome, Life was Derek. big. There's pictures of me as like a twenty one year old kid chasing um freaking big gigantic around the state. We like drove through a blizzard to see Panty Raid and Aspen. Oh like, yeah, Panty I, Raid and Gigantic. I was deep in that uh, Scene for a bit i managed a drum and bass dj from south korea who went to full sale here in orlando and it got me heavy in the drum and bass scene and that's how i got turned on to justice and all that stuff so yeah. i mean it's all music and it's like however you can get there you know kind of spiritually and like it's a high yeah. you know like making music and playing music is a high that we're all chasing constantly it's like it's and that's a big thing is i definitely stop criticizing different music because i think it's all respect if you're doing it like that's it and you know we're in a Cover band.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never it's, wanted to No, be, it's
1: a tribute band. It's uh, a,
2: review.
0: Review, a review. It's a review, yeah, yeah. a review band. Come on, guys. St- 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 stick with the elevator pitch. It's a review, guys. I think,
3: I think Colonel Bruce said it. He said, you know, if you really want to do... Uh, the people that are really doing this, really playing music, they always have a gun to their back. It's like all they can do and all they want to do, you know? So yeah. As long as you're doing it, that's cool.
1: The, uh, don't I don't a got but that, uh, da- but Daft punk though, it makes the the podcast or makes the Billboard.
3: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Thumbs up. Thumbs up how can you
2: how can you not give Daft Punk thumbs up? <laughs> yeah. Well, they
3: bridged the gap too. I mean, yeah, it's electronic music, but they were all it's over the, the Billboard chart. I mean, they were huge. You know, they were massive. It's as so. big as it gets. Yeah.
0: yeah, totally. There's there's this whole thing that like, I talk. Like, you
2: guys could be Daft Punk. We don't even know.
0: But that You know, I mean, there's a reason why I'm living in a, an apartment in Chipotle Riverside that's falling apart. <laughs> is because I'm, it's because it's a choice, deep, really. I'm, I'm, deep, yeah, undercover, dude, deep, deep undercover. Yeah, deep undercover. Um, no, no, the, like, like my dad is a musician, and, and that generation, you know, of like the 70s and 80s and stuff, they're so much more about, like, you know, if you're not playing an instrument, it's not music. And to me, it's like the instrument is just a tool like anything else. It doesn't matter, like, if you're pushing buttons or, like, playing a keyboard or you're playing guitar or you're, you know, at a computer and you're dialing stuff in just completely, like, you know, digitally, whatever it is, like, it doesn't matter. The idea is in your head and you're able to bring it to the world. That's what makes a musician to me, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So... Um, but my yeah, so the song the definitely. Way, really, I can imagine if he's into Alban brothers like that, he probably can't stand EDM stuff.
3: Oh yeah, he's old bass player. Should we talk yeah. about
2: your name, bro?
3: Yeah, we can do that. My, you know, my parents are old hippies, and uh, they thought it was a smart idea to make my middle name Benjamin. So it's Benjamin, uh-huh. but it's B E N J A M M I N, which no that shit. shit. Are ben you serious? <laughs> yeah, it's my middle I name certificate. No lie. Love that though, right? Dan
1: Benjamin?
3: Yes. Yeah. Why isn't that a Dan your
2: Dan fucking ben band Hart. name? Well, I'm sorry. sorry. Daniel <laughs> on the back of golf carts at Wani at age like nine, playing Dobro slide guitar with bandanas on his head. Oh, yeah. Like, and his brother playing Jimbe. the djembe and his dad playing guitar with him. Like, Daniel's been literally trained his whole life to play this music. And never had a chance. I dude. mean, you can tell when he plays the guitar. <laughs> you know chance.
0: what I mean? You can. T- you you, didn't. Can, you can definitely He's tell eight. when he plays guitar, man. It's like, From the
2: day he was born.
0: Yeah, you can definitely tell. shit comes right. I mean, like you are. And he
1: picks with his fingers. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, dude.
0: You are. Uh, you are a next level. Uh, not even just I mean, just a musician. Not even just a guitar player. Like you're like an artist on the instrument, man. You are phenomenal.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate that
0: answer. Hell yeah. Freak. Um in the sheets. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. Yes. That's Chuck true. knows all about that. Ooh. We're a real close band. Shout out, ladies. Yeah. Shout out, oh, ladies. <laughs> um loosen up, my boy Dan. There you go. Uh yeah, literally and figuratively, yeah. Um yeah. so uh I wanna go back to the uh the business side of stuff because this is where it, the, the the aspect that I find like very interesting, and it's as well. what everybody else that listens to wants to hear. So. Uh, um, we gave them enough of the other shit; they're good now. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to talk about eating
3: rolls and listening to Daft Punk and Pretty
0: Lights. Oh no, nobody God. wants to hear People that. We want spreadsheets that. and schematics. Let's fucking do it, boys. <laughs> Uh, Listen
2: on night and on May twelfth of uh, two thousand six. <laughs> I had two rolls. It's on the spreadsheet. It's on spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> what are you gonna ask? I'm sorry. Uh,
0: no, no. Well, sorry. I'm curious because you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chuck, you went back to school for music business. Uh, what was the uh, kind of thing that made you want to do that? And you know, what what did you learn? How are you applying it? Let's talk about all that.
2: Cool. Well, I always uh was really into that, you know? I think even back with the groove orient, um, when we were getting up and going, I knew all that stuff needed to be done, and we were abandoned our senior year of college, so I, was, I did a, a independent study on, with that guy Chuck, er- Chuck Archer that I referenced earlier, on an advanced music business course, and the whole course was just um, artist development for m- my own band. So I had to book a tour, I had to book like a, we had to release a CD, These, and I created the whole syllabus and curriculum of things and goals that I set out to like kind of make happen and ever since then i just got really fascinated and really into it It it's kind of uh very similar to my family's lifestyle of uh they owned a traveling carnival they just um retired this last summer chucks a carny rides and games and concessions
0: you got real carny vibes about you i can see it oh thank you yeah (laughs) well you, you
2: basically you basically travel you set up you entertain and then you tear down and go to the next city Um, And being a traveling touring musician is very similar to that and I just always knew what needed to be done to do what I wanted to do With my life and kind of for a living like you how many teachers did you have growing up where they said Well, don't get into playing an instrument if you want to make any money and I was just like, well, I just want to Live my dream, you know, so the music business stuff kind of just came kind of naturally because I knew what I wanted to do And I knew that needed to be done to get there um, when the pandemic hit, I should have gone to school right then. Um, It took about eight months or nine months for me to even realize or think about going back to school. But then I saw someone got accepted to the Berkeley online program um on Facebook. And I was like, holy crap, let me look into this. It was more affordable than full sale to do a one-year master's degree. And I went to the Berkeley uh, five-week pro- summer program when I was 17. I went to a National Guitar Workshop for a couple of years, and then my junior senior year went to the Berkeley Five Week Camp. And that's that summer is the first time I ever heard of or saw, not heard of, but I saw the Allman Brothers that summer. I saw Widespread Panic that summer. I saw Bob Weir and Rat Dog that summer. saw Keller Williams. I that And that summer changed the trajectory of uh, kind of my whole life. I went to Wani the next year, saw the Allman Brothers. Anyways, we had this band coming up, and, um, you know, I really have an appreciation for the music business side of things, but you know sometimes you need a piece of paper for people to take you a little bit more seriously. And um, the program was awesome. It was one year. I always wanted to go to Berkeley. I didn't get in for guitar, and I got in for uh, music business. And it was like a dream come true. And I always sucked at school. It took me six years to get through private school here at Rollins College in the music department for guitar. I played lacrosse and played guitar. It still took me six years, um, but the thing is, I always sucked at school, and I went to school for something I really loved, and it was awesome. It was the greatest experience. I've always hated school, and I can't preach it enough about that Berkeley program. Um, a lot of lessons learned, but I think one of the biggest takeaways is obviously networking with professors and fellow students right. that are also in the industry and doing like-minded things, and it's all about networking and relationships and you know, just being a good person and it definitely helps you know what you need to do. I mean, it got me a couple gigs last year. I went to Mexico and was a marketing assistant for the Dead & Co. Festival and My Morning Jacket Festival. That helped me get the uh, Swanee Rising social media gig last year. Paul Levine hooked me up with that gig. I saw he was just on your guys' podcast. Yeah, shout out. So I got to do all the social media for that festival. And then that landed me a um, music marketing gig in a Nashville remote gig for these last six months, which I just... Um, Stopped doing on Friday. It was an awesome experience. I, and it's kind of the progression from school to getting a music marketing job to now just focusing on music full-time and using all these skills to kind of get our music careers where we want them to be. Oh. I mean, that's kind of the whole story right there. I don't know if I told you how cool the program was specifically. Yeah. But I have a lot to credit it. Um, you know, but obviously it comes... I don't, obviously, you don't need a degree to be able to make these kind of things happen. You know, some of the greatest songwriters didn't take a songwriting class. Oh, you know?
3: of course, of course. You
2: know, some of the biggest uh, managers didn't go to management school. Right. <laughs> like music business classes, you know? So um, it's definitely been helpful in my journey, and I just want to be able to apply all these skills and everything I learned to help and develop our careers as musicians, you know? so
0: Yeah, man. Well, there's a um, there's so much to this... Was that a
2: good one, Dan?
0: (laughs) You did a good job, buddy. Yeah, proud of you. That was that was that was great. That was very uh, exactly what we needed to hear, actually. (laughs) Um,
2: Can we start talking about super Locrian scales yet? (laughs) No, 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 not not yet.
1: (laughs) What you what were they really teaching you though at Berkeley though about uh, music business? You know what I mean?
2: So a handful of classes were like a music business revenue streams class. Uh, There was a couple music marketing classes, data and analytics. there was an artist management course, um, you know, and I kind of got drawn towards more of the uh, music marketing stuff. I already did, like, booking, um, but then, like, we got, I've played so many shows, traveling so far, and no one showed up to the shows. We're doing so many pieces right, booking the shows, getting there on time, setting up and performing, like, high-quality music for people. But, like, one of the biggest things that always was a letdown is, when no one showed up or there was no one there. Right. So I, I really, um think I got drawn towards the marketing cause I think that was a missing link in what I wanted to bring to fruition in our shows, you know? And I'm very thankful that we're utilizing some of those music marketing skills and getting some people out to these shows, you know? Hell yeah. Um, that's kind of the ultimate goal. You just want to play music in front of people and make them happy. Yeah. Totally. And if no one's there, it's tough to, <laughs> make other people
0: happy I mean, as
1: happy as you are right exactly yeah
0: exactly yeah. All right,
1: but sometimes they are there
2: oh yeah like, then <laughs> you just <gotta> rip <laughs> no, no but i mean yeah
3: and then now what do we do yeah no yeah. it's
1: sorry i was trying well,
3: to that's say about like another last part
1: time, last time we yeah. played in uh what There there were a ton of people there, and they were just so mad that we were there. (laughs) Yeah, Well, yeah,
0: yeah, just because we were playing songs they had never heard before. And, you know, that's not that. Really crazy about about Wagon Wheel, though. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That song's fire, dude. I I
3: think that's the whole thing, too, is stealing. That's really cool. And the reason why people are coming out is because Chuck's able, well, we're able to... um, Really focus the marketing to people that's gonna like the music. When they show up, they know what they're getting, and they know that they're gonna like it.
0: Right, right. So there's so there's um, a lot of stuff that you know I've had to dive into as well when it comes to putting together um, ad campaigns on on the different platforms. Facebook is probably the most sophisticated as far as like what you're capable to do, able to you know how you're able to target your demographics on there. Uh, but Instagram is getting pretty good too. So like, can you talk about some of like you know what goes into that and some of the takeaway that that you got from either school or just you know personal experience and what works for you you know
2: for sure i think um telling people what it is is very important you know what i mean like tell them what it is tell them what the show is we are an almond brothers review we say that in everything we do um we also show them like in our when we're promoting shows we show them the videos of us playing. We're feeding them videos of full performance songs. We're also sending them like teasers of highlighted parts of the songs. Um, we try to give them like information about the band, and that's something we're trying to do more of mm-hmm. is showcasing each individual person and also their original projects and efforts. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of it. Because like, everyone also has their own band, so when we're not playing or traveling with this band, like how I said we took a couple months off, Daniel's going to be... Set with a solid Daniel Heights band tour. Oxford Nolan's going to be playing. You know, Bucky's going to be traveling. I can play with my other band. Um, It's really just show people what you got and what it is. Lay it out for them. Um, Also, I don't know how detailed you're trying to get in, like, nitty-gritty of, like, ad campaign stuff. I'm very, you know, we do Facebook ads, and I think that's worked the best for us Mm -hmm. at first. Like, we've been very lucky with this band um, where everyone agrees that we need to put money into promoting our shows. So we started out with like a hundred dollars a show, you know, with promoting that show. The next tour we had, we started with $200 a show. The next tour we had, we got a medical marijuana sponsorship. So we bumped up the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the budget a little bit, yeah. you know, and, but like we've been able to, um, try to get, and it's just marketing is like marketing funnel. You got awareness, engagement, conversation, conversion, you know, what? just make people aware of your, uh, music and what you're doing first so i don't know i'm a big fan on these video um videos we're trying to put out of live performance videos because it's a great way to show somebody what we can do um and then you can run put some money behind it and show even more people that don't know who you are um what you can do um you and i probably need to have like a sit down chat on the side about all this to uh figure out some other things because it gets too detailed, you know. It gets, to, it gets it, tricky
0: trying to figure out like what ads are performing where and what demographics are responding versus what what other ones aren't responding, and then figure out how to reallocate the budget to find like to the demographics that are working. And it's a full-time job just keeping track of the ads themselves. And then on top of that, you're doing that if you're going on the road, you're probably doing that for every city that you're t- that you're hitting right in the surrounding areas. And then you got to be on top of all that. So it's just wild. You know, it's great that you guys have a, have like a like a you know an agency now. It's going to help you on the booking side, but it's wild to be uh, like on that side with the booking and then with the marketing stuff, and then you have to still be creative and write and then you know manage the tour right. So you got to like make sure you're getting to the places on time and logistically where you're staying. You know, allocating your budgets to make sure that you're able to afford just being on the road, like and lodging and gas and food and all that stuff. Being on top of that and then showing up to a gig and then like seeing you know do we have pre-sales. Are people, you know, walking at the door. You know, what's that? You know, what do those numbers look like on each side of it? How can we, you know, shift it to one on the next time around? And then at the end of the day, how am I supposed to sit here and perform if we got ten people uh, in the room when I know this show costs me? You know, cheers, boys. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, getting after over here. I feel you, bro. Yeah, you got to put on a show for people when when you see ten people in the room. When you're overhead on that one show it might have been, you know, five hundred dollars, easy, you know.
1: Every day is a show, bud. Yeah. that's the way yeah, I, that's the way up. I look at God it show up <laughs> see we're
3: like we're really like yeah <laughs> yeah No, it's. I, a show.
1: I, love, I love you to death I really do but yeah he, he gets way too in his head about, about all this stuff before he goes on and it's just like
0: because I gotta be on top of it all beforehand so you just think about that kind of stuff Well, I'll
1: play I'll play, well, I'll, I'll, play exact, I'll play the exact I'll play the exact same at a mellow mushroom that I will at a, fel- at a festival yeah no, <laughs> like, like every time like I'm yeah. sorry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I just don't I don't really you care. know your
3: assignment you know your assignment it's
1: all good
0: Good way to put it, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. But I
1: get it. It gets in your head and everything like that for sure because you, you just want it to work out so badly. But.
0: Or just make sure that you can get a return on your investment and see results, you know?
1: No, so yeah, like, but I'm just saying, like, it's hard.
0: You, what you guys feel that like you guys notice that dynamic too? Do you get stressed about that kind of stuff when you're on the road, Chuck, or just playing gigs in general?
2: Well, I, I think, I, Dan, yeah. Oh, you go, go ahead, you, ahead, you go, go ahead. Ahead. I was
3: going to say I've noticed with Chuck um, – And I think that's why we kind of found a new person to be booking stuff because I watched when he was wearing a lot of hats, he was getting a little stressed out Yeah. when he was wearing the managerial hat, when he was wearing, you know, just doing all those different hats and having to play guitar too. It gets a little stressful and I could see that, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. So
2: we're lucky to have like a good group of people around us. And, uh, you know, we've made it a point to expand the team and try to have some content capturers. that's what the kids are calling them these days so i'm gonna get i'm getting hip content capturers. you know that's what they call photographers and videographers nowadays uh that's right we try to document as many of our shows as possible we got the full recording rig split snake situation so we do a lot of that in-house you know what i mean um Mm. we um if bucky's not mixing our stuff it's our good friend dakota that runs sound for us at uh, a um we got bucky's girlfriend megan does a lot of the videography we've had max bresson from the psychedelic monks um film some of our shows Oh yeah. um and we got a bunch of gopros and put up a bunch of tripods and then i edit all the videos you know like we we c- try to keep as many things as ha- in house expanding with your team is really good and important um but just because you like get a booking agent doesn't mean all of a sudden you're making more money no totally better shows we're, we're still having to work just as hard and it's still getting on the phone, you know, talking to these guys and making sure you're all on the same page with the same agenda. Um, but yeah, Daniel knows I get stressed out before shows. I get stressed out if I see people like ripping shots before shows or, Don't do that. you know, yeah. like, I'm, like, yo, I'm like, yo, after the show, Not that it was me, it wasn't show, me, but. you know, like, <laughs> because we there's also a um, responsibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. We've been in enough bands and enough bar gigs and enough um, situations where, yeah, we're getting lit up and just playing music locally with our friends. We got um, Tuesday nights at take Rays to be able to do that if we want to. (laughs) But also, luckily, we use that as our sectional. And we got an awesome gig in a basement bar downtown Orlando every Tuesday for the last eight years. It's really provided an awesome place for us to hone out our skills. And that's where Daniel and I first started playing together.
0: Yeah, I was actually gonna. Yes. I wanted to ask about that. I, I walked into that club back. It must have been what 2016, maybe 2015, and then what well, we were playing. Uh, I was, it was a different band at the time. We were, we were playing at back booth when it was still there, and then we had gotten done with our gig, and we walked across the street and walked into the Groove Orient playing. Uh, you were doing that Schofield tune, uh, Hot and Tot. And I was so like, dope. I was like, dope, bro. This this band's fucking phenomenal. They're crushing it, playing dope music. This is a great vibe here. And then I always wanted to go back. Ever since then, how long, Dan, have you been in the mix with that situation? And is that where the convergence of you guys came in?
3: Yeah, I started doing that gig. I think I was nineteen um, or twenty. I wasn't even old enough to drink. Young um, yeah, man. I started playing that, and I was doing it with Timothy E for a little while. A psychedelic rock band um, from here in Orlando. And then uh, they kind of fell off that gig and didn't want to do it anymore, so the Daniel Heights band took it over. Um, I did it for probably three or four years. In that time period, uh, the Groove Warrant had run its course to a certain extent, and Chuck, um, I knew he had some time on his hands, so I asked him to come do uh, Wednesdays with me. So we started doing it every Wednesday for probably a year or two.
2: Yeah, it was, well, the Groove Warrant was still happening. Was it? Yeah. Um, Daniel's old guitarist, John Dorney, went to school. He was also a phenom freaking guitar player that are a uh, keyboard player in the groove, warrant Thomas Shugart um, was his teacher. Oh yeah. Um, so then this kid, John Dorney, he's making an awesome name for himself here in Orlando. Shout out, John Dorney. Brilliant, dude. Papa D, Papa D, shout out, Papa D. Um, and he went to Berkeley for a guitar, and this kid absolutely shreds. He's back now. Um, but I saw Daniel having a couple people come in and try to fill those shoes or fill that void, and I was like, dude, we played Tuesdays with the groove, and Daniel played Wednesdays. I was like, dude, I'll leave my stuff here, and I'll learn all your songs and that's kind of, I was always kind of just played my role in the groove and I never knew how to lead a band. And from sitting in the back corner and backing up Daniel for like a year and a half, that was really how I learned how to kind of lead the charge as like a uh, um, frontman guitarist, I guess. And that's.
3: I grew up doing the whole blues jam thing for years and that's the hat I had to wear, um, you know, learning how to, you know, make manipulate the band on the spot and do that whole thing. It's, you know, it is, it's a role you have to learn. It's something that not everybody knows how to do. Totally.
2: I didn't know how to do it, so then,
3: so then I was doing <laughs> that throwing with Dan. Throwing up fingers and the whole nine. Throwing yeah. up,
2: up, down, all around. He's yeah. doing sign language karate oh, yeah, on the dude. stage of directing this. Hits, the band probably. what to do. Oh, yeah. And then after the Groove Orient split up, that's when I started playing Tanks with the trio and trying to uh, start practicing that on my, my own. And, um, yeah, that kind of is how Daniel and I, we know each other's licks. Like, he plays with me and my band. I play with him and his band. Um, and then now we'll go and play a Steel and Peaches set at night, but then we'll either do a set of our own music or a collaborative set where we'll go back and forth, you know? So we try to get the original music in there as often as we can with the Steel and Peaches stuff. But that's kind of where we started playing, and it was kind of just like this chemistry and this mutual respect of each other. He saw what we were doing with the Groove Orient. I saw what he was doing with his fingers, and I was like, yo, <laughs> let's... That sounds uh, a little weird, but... We right. need to <laughs> hang out. And it, it's, been, it's been cool and it's been crazy, but also, like it's like weird to think that we're like we're different in age too you know what i mean we're like in different life spots so like a lot of times i'll bust daniel's balls but then i'll be like dude i was daniel (laughs) right at that moment in time yeah so you know so it definitely makes me uh i'd know exactly where he's at and it's really cool that now we can uh you know keep growing as musicians together it's Unbelievable, man. We're lucky. Yeah,
0: we are. I like how Dan was like when you were like uh, you know different in age, and Dan's like, yeah, big time. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Daniel.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm what 26, and you're what 32.
2: 32. Thank you, yeah. Daniel.
1: Nice. Yeah. Me and Tony, me and Tony are what like three months apart. Yeah. It's like, like weird.
0: Billy's three months older than I am. I just want to make sure that everyone knows <laughs> that he's three months older than three I months? am. Three months? Like for yeah. fuck's sake! Yeah. Right, older. Young buck, all right, young buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: guys, are, buck, you guys right. are like twins coming out and be like. I'm older than you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's a twin. She does that all the time. She's like uh. <laughs> two minutes older than her brother, and she yeah. plays that card every time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, I love it. Uh So, uh Daniel, what's the uh what's kind of the setup with your band? What kind of music are you guys writing and, and playing?
3: So, um, you know, I've always, like I said, I grew up doing blues and stuff, and I, I really grew to love with the whole jam band thing. So I think a lot of my music is kind of a, a combination of southern rock and blues and the jam band thing um also you know when i was growing up started going to festivals and seeing people like dopapod and you know even papadocio and some of these people using more like you know synth sounds and electronic um kind of flavor to it that i like as well um just pull up something that's pretty cool we're doing um jamberg in about a month with spafford p groove and uh eggy actually oh Daniel f- will be doing fuck yeah so that'll be pretty cool. That's in Leesburg. Check that out. It's called Jamberg. So it's um in
0: like yeah. a
2: baseball field. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, Whoa. It's be pretty
0: cool. cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's why I've been seeing Eggy uh, on a lot of stuff coming up recently. They were just at the Poorhouse recently, and uh, are they out of Charleston or where are they out of? I
3: have no clue. No, yeah, no but clue.
0: yeah, that's well, that's just great. You're, be, you're you're getting to play with with guys like that that are on on the up and up and everything, man. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys have any music out? Or are you guys gonna be putting any music out? We should be yeah
2: <laughs> yes we're building this studio space where you yeah. should be
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i was gonna yeah i was wondering about that with stealing peaches and everything like that because all the i don't want to say copyright infringement and everything like that how do you even record it you can't you can't right well like you, can, you can't sell it you can't, you can't sell, sell it. it
2: no you can you can acquire mechanical rights Oh, really? um it's like 99 cents um per song that you're gonna lease but per per unit i believe um I just have to refresh my memory. I did go over this. It might be like 9 cents per unit per song. You know, so say you're doing a 10-track album, it might cost you um 900 bucks for like 100 units or something like that. But with Spotify, um all the major record labels pay a bl- blanket license to Spotify. So if you look at like um Joe Russo's almost dead. They got a bunch of live shows up there, and all of the rights to that music is already covered by these blanket licenses that these um, record labels are already paying.
0: Okay, so then you guys don't have to worry about paying those fees up front they just collect on the back end.
2: Yeah, we're basically... But like uh, ASCAP or something? Like ASCAP
0: yeah,
1: pays them out?
2: Well,
0: Yeah, who pays them that's, out? Yeah, that's what I'm
2: trying to <laughs> say. performance rights royalties. Who knows where the money comes <laughs> from? Yeah. and doesn't care. So I think...
3: <laughs> there might be more of a,
2: an awareness situation, you know, with giving people something so they can become more aware of your band. Um, yeah, of course. For them to come to live live performances. Um, that is a slippery slope that I would like to uh, dive more into, you know. Yeah. To ma- And definitely need to consult an uh, entertainment lawyer to make sure everything is appropriate. And, you know, we're not trying to just be playing and putting out someone else's music without them getting... What they deserve they were the masterminds that wrote that and created that um but definitely i know bands like blackberry smoke have gone and recorded um some cover albums i, re- I want to go up to um capricorn and make it and record there where the allman brothers did um record a handful of their records and do live videos and stuff and make like a record there if we were going to do that and actually acquire those um, rights to be able to do that, right? I right. I think it'd
1: be great. I'm a huge fun, uh, fan of uh, Nugs.net, and I've always, yeah. I, I've always wanted to know because they they pay out their artists kind of the same way as Spotify, but you can also like download this, their stuff. But a lot of them are are covers, like or or jams of you know covers and stuff like that. So I was just curious: is that like an option for you instead of just like releasing your live material that way?
0: keep in mind when you're answering this question that we will uh, say this is factually true, and we will hold you accountable for your answer on this. I'm just
1: what he, I was he get, went to be be Berkeley. Inst-
2: I can
0: ask him a question.
2: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Come I'm on! I'm going to be on a Instagram or TikTok reel with all my words spelled out one by one. Yeah, hundred percent. That's me doing that. My tongue in a couple
0: of weeks yeah, and it, 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 hopefully it'll go viral like our last TikTok did. <laughs>
2: This oh, guy's an idiot.
1: Yeah, as my yeah as my lawyer, let me know which way I should be going yeah. as a, a cover band.
2: I have to preface with I am not a lawyer. Um But I believe that that's uh something you'd be able to do through Spotify and put out your records that way. Yeah. Um But also like I've been through the experience in the ringer back with the groove Orient where I went to see the roots with Harry, our bass player and singer, and they walked out on stage to a groove Orient song at the House of Blues like the day before New Year's out here, and we were like, "Oh, Disney owes us money! They're <laughs> playing our song, <laughs> yeah, dude! Oh my God! Videotape this! This is crazy! We never registered that song with ASCAP, <laughs>
4: or oh. so
3: it's like doesn't go ask the mouse. We were for just money, young I'm and
2: sure. dumb, and you know, it <laughs> doesn't matter anyway. We thought something, but you gotta, you gotta definitely have your uh, ends covered. You know, there's a lot." Like you're saying, embracing the hyphen. It's also like it's tough to know how to get paid for releasing music too. You know,
0: definitely. Just I always tell everybody uh, that that asks me um, because just you know people do ask me because we do this podcast, we've released some music and stuff like that. So people think that I, I'm like a guru on this on this shit, which is not the case at all. But the one thing that I can say Ooh. is that like like just make sure you're covered on the publishing and the writing side of it like register your music with re- yourself with ASCAP or BMI or, C- or C-SAC, whoever it is re- register with with a, with a company with a you know royalty collection collection agency and just make sure that you uh own your your writing and then if you if you're not with a publisher make sure you own your publishing and just you know then that way if anything does happen you at least get paid for it you know if nothing else gets covered, at least that what
2: could possibly happen. Yeah. <laughs> we blow up on SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Which um, I feel famous. you, man. And like things like Music Exchange, too. You know, to make there are a couple different outlets you got to go through to make sure you're collecting all your royalties. Ari Hersan does a big, great job of that. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I just am nerdy like that. You know, I just want to know the answers. Um, but I agree, man. It's important to have all everything covered
0: our uh, our boy uh down in orlando chris g uh with his podcast making it with chris g which i've been he
2: was a, a good mentor of mine for a while yeah
0: you're actually the one that uh told me about his podcast and uh we were oh. we were talking <laughs> yeah we were talking uh, uh it was probably a couple of years ago now um i think you were just coming out of school or in the midst of it all we were, we were kind of at that time just talking about stuff regularly, actually, and that was one of the things he had come up. You were telling me about his podcast, and I was uh, so I made a point to go and listen to it. And uh, um, the uh, he had somebody on his podcast recently that was uh, that was I guess uh, part of artist development for a label. I can't remember what the label was, but her big thing was kind of just like what we've been you know hammering on this whole episode is the. Um, You know, being a multifaceted artist, like what even what labels are looking for now, is an artist that has the other enterprise. Like it's not just about being a performer or about being a writer. Now it's like, well, do you have another business that we can kind of capitalize on and help? Can you dance? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, um, she. One of the things that she talked about was a podcast, or was like, you know, just literally, it could be any business. They literally signed somebody. I forget exactly what the business was, but it was totally unrelated to music and entertainment in any capacity. But they signed him because he was a decent writer and because he had like a, a business that was already worth like a million dollars or something. So just because he had that, they were like, "Well, you know, we can leverage that, or at least we can figure out a way to, you know, put it into, you know, make it part of your your music enterprise." So labels are looking for that kind of stuff, and I'm just, uh, yeah, that was a a big thing with listening to his podcast. Very informative, you know.
2: Definitely. How do you feel about that? Dan? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I, think it's, I think it's definitely important. And you see that with like, um, you have to have something going on for before you get anybody's attention or for before. And it's not like you're going to walk into the whiskey, you know, and you're going to see the next biggest rock band. You know, it's not like, or the troubadour and see the next biggest rock band or whatnot, how they did back in LA back in the days. Um, You have to have something going on, and that's why I think it's really important to keep track of everything you do have going on, like tour histories and documenting every show, how many people come, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what you're kind of doing. So you have the data to be able to utilize and leverage um, to grow. You want to make sure you're growing, too. You want to make sure you don't have 50 less people than last time at Jacksonville you played, or, you know, ideally when you're Big time, two hundred lesser, or a thousand lesser.
3: Yeah. Uh, if you, you can't, know? if you can't tell, Chuck likes doing spreadsheets for fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> does gotten, this guy no, dude. do? No, to I've God. gotten into
2: that from all this uh, school and work and stuff. But my wife definitely helps us out with. Uh, she wants to make sure that the band's on the right track. <laughs> uh,
0: I literally sat down on our, the last tour that we did. I uh, I made a pretty extensive spreadsheet just about you know all just all the shit, and uh, I sat down and was so proud of the spreadsheet. That I just like the next day, I just looked at it for like an hour and was just like, I really killed this spreadsheet. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what I
3: mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck sent us a Chuck sent us a what bi yearly review, bi annual review. Yeah, I like that like whole good spreadsheet idea. And with merge for with everything, like pie charts and whatnot. It was sick. Yeah.
0: I love that, for six
2: bro. Months of shows, um, everything that came in, everything that went out, where it's all going, like how much we're paying, band member payout, um, staffing for like booking and video whatever trying to be on top of it because like this is what i want to do you're not gonna you know this is like we're running our own little business we happen to just be having the best time of our lives (laughs) like while we're doing it totally so like it's worth the work you know if that's what you want to do you'll freaking put like i don't mind putting in that work because i this is all i want to do and i've you know i just had my first real real job and it was an excellent incredible experience and it definitely helped me realize that like I want to do this. Totally. You know, so.
0: That's amazing,
1: man. Well, uh, maybe kind of get away from this for a little bit. You got any like. Yeah,
2: let's get let's get back to something, something else. Like yeah. I, I was just like, going to say. Yo, Anton, we'll jump on weekly calls, bro. Yeah. Don't worry. I got you, <laughs> <laughs> dude.
1: I get it. You got to be serious Walking about up. your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. a business. Yeah. yeah. It's not fun. I get it. <laughs> fun. Yeah. It's not oh, this isn't fun. fun it isn't anymore. for fun anymore. We're adults. We're men. Yeah. Listen,
2: this is serious. We got 12 pre-sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta be serious. We got tightened up. No drinking. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. No drinking.
0: So true, bro. But Sorry, I get a little serious sometimes. No, guys. it's my okay. It's bad. okay.
1: Yeah, I'm just. You we know, spent five
2: hundred dollars in ads, and we got twelve people here. Yeah, this is serious. This, this is this is,
1: no, no, no. This is just why I'm here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll really. So, yeah. Uh, I want it.
2: I want it. So
0: did you ask what? would you want to ask what their favorite color was?
2: Or? No, <laughs> I'm really here to give you a harder
1: time. I yeah. want I want to <laughs> know some some stories from the
0: road. Like I want to know like
1: some crazy shit that you've gotten into with stealing peaches or like just. We personally. signed NDAs. We can't do that. No, come <laughs> yeah. on. You gotta tell them something. See, you gotta
2: have your business tight, Billy. That's right. We got Bill. NDAs in this shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just All kidding. right. Whatever. I'm just
3: kidding. I'm just kidding. No, man. No, uh, no. You got one check. I don't know. I, I, Kind of blanking out. Yeah, now. David
2: Venegas threw my head into a brick wall downtown Athens one time because I was just being a dingus on a day off <laughs> from a
3: show. <laughs> what? Um, what did you say to him? Uh Probably I loved things. him
2: too much or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he he went longboarding down a mountain one time in Colorado and face planted into that mountain and broke his nose <laughs> the, night, the day before the show. Um What else? What's some crazy stories we've had on this tour or with this this band? This band is so new. Yeah. And we are just now getting into touring more frequently we've really done a lot of go there come home go there come home and you know maybe just market it as if we're just living in a van but we're always touring we're always playing you know but it's like we're about to start touring a little bit more extensively and going out of the stage so you never help s- s- stories stream. to come stories to come i guess is what he's we saying we still have incredible
3: stories i don't know if i could say a lot of that stuff on the internet what is, I would want to. you go I you probably know. got I
2: better know. ideas than me oh Wait, we got some stories. So <laughs> what, what. But yeah, they're, they're like definitely inappropriate.
0: That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what we live for. That's what, that's what we're here for, guys. Let's talk about it.
2: I don't know. <laughs> <Chuck man>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're putting us on the spot, man. I don't know if I like this. I don't this. want me
2: throwing nobody under the bus because that's the. You,
3: just, you maybe just you chop out first. names. I don't yeah. have one, dude. I'm not you, trying to incriminate oh, oh, yeah. myself like See, that. See, we got
2: brothership going on over here. We can, oh, we can
0: do dramatizations where you guys <laughs> just don't name the names or change the names yeah. for the sake of the story. Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. Well, You're Brenda our fir- and Karen one of our for first this shows. One. one of our first shows, we couldn't find one of the band members. Wait, one of
1: band w- your band members or somebody else? Yeah, we went on set break. Members.
2: We went on set we, break. We've and only we couldn't played find shows them. with ourselves. We played a show with one other band one time. Yeah. Um, and it was at Fernandina Beach. We usually just go in and it's just us. We do two sets and it's sweet. We don't have to move anything.
3: But so <laughs> one of cool. the people in the band couldn't be found. One
2: guy can't be found. And we're like, up there like all playing instruments and he goes oh my god i heard you guys playing and i freaked out we're like where were you he's like i don't know i met this girl <laughs> i was in her he call. was he on was the like, on the side of the building break, how long do you need like oh. on
3: the side of the building getting um no. favors <laughs> oh <man>. um <laughs> wait from where are from a young lady we're in
2: Fernandina no, this beach is, how this young is, are we talking is, no hang this on this <laughs> was last year
3: this was last year oh yeah. wow well yeah know
2: the band you can know like there's Half the band's married, so it really narrows down. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's there's only two of us that could possibly be, and it wasn't It, it? was Daniel. It was, <laughs> no, I'm
0: just <laughs> you, you would hope that it was one of the unmarried people for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, We'd Jesus, be in trouble. On, we, yeah. don't that, <laughs> we
2: don't need that. Um, so we got some wild child wild childs in the uh mm. in the band. Some mm. other crazy stories. Um they,
3: oh, I don't know, man. I'm blanking.
2: Everything's either illegal or just like so wrong. So, like, like, I've got now that the groove grievance over, I can totally talk about all those uh, stories. But uh, you got one. Come
3: on, let's go. Yeah, let's you hear guys it, like Russian bathhouses a it. lot.
2: Oh, that wasn't. That Ooh, wasn't the let's hear that breath. story. Uh, that? We used to. Um, we went to New York a couple times, and I always. Parallel parked the van right in front of the venue I always knew there was going to be spots but that van would live in that parking lot for like or that parking spot for 2 or 3 days cuz we would all just leave it and go around the city with all of our other friends that live there and we would all just be like hey someone move the van every 4 hours or else we'll get a ticket <laughs> you know nice. so like we did a lot of living up in there um, man it's just some of the shit you wouldn't believe or some of the shit you yeah. just couldn't imagine was real
3: it's it's a fun time, man. We have a blast, and uh, yeah, it's just we're all best friends, so that helps a lot.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's some great is, stories. Tell me, tell me, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, dude, I know, I know, Billy. Listen, tell man, me an example
2: of what yeah, what, what you're you looking, looking for? for. It might spark my memory like, or something here. Like, okay, tell like, me something that Anton did that is like super. You don't want to talk about, but you have to. Um, <laughs>
1: he's 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 pretty straight and narrow. Like, so straight and narrow it just seems like it boring yeah. honestly but at the same point at uh, the same time uh, uh like we played some really really bad bad gigs like just like <laughs> like oh, that's that's kind of what I was getting at that's probably the we the question it. all right yeah okay, all right yeah, okay, so so maybe maybe I'll rephrase, rephrase, rephrase my rephrase the question yeah rephrase what's it. what's the worst gig you've ever played Chuck and Dan
2: oh you go first
1: i
3: remember me and Chuck did a duo gig at a uh, at a what was that place called um it's Gene Simmons
1: bar Gene Simmons bar.
2: Oh, my (laughs) God, dude. No, so he owns, like, uh, it's called, like, some. It's I, I don't Bruce, say, whatever Bruce, it is, we'll say Bruce. it's Gene Simmons Bar. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to, Orlando, Shh. there's a lot of corporate out. work out. and right. weird yeah. shit going on. We don't want to throw what anybody We'll
1: in pause, for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> we were playing, and I had just tore my ACL skateboarding.
2: Dude, he's like, you want to do this gig with me? <laughs> he just tore his ACL. I didn't know I was loading in for both of us just and, so he could play the gig.
3: That wasn't why I wanted you <laughs> oh, to be there with me, buddy. I love you. Um. But so we're loading in, and I had been taking medication for my leg or whatnot, and you know, we drank a little bit.
2: What are you talking about? This gig sucked. We were drinking. (laughs) We were so pissed off. People were buying us these red looking little shots and drinks. They thought we were the greatest thing since sliced bread. Two people only. Everyone else didn't care. It's (laughs) like when you're at the whatever, the coffee, whatever, the taco bar, wherever you might be playing, and no one cares about the music, but you're there to collect your. Hundred fifty bucks. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, like the standard going rate for three hour solo gigs these days. But totally. so we're playing, and, <laughs> and I probably
3: should have read the. Be- I probably should have read the bottle on the medication. Probably shouldn't have been drinking with the medication I was on,
2: bro. And Chuck, I'm pissed because I brought a whole PA, all my gear. Daniel just crutches in and starts drinking. No, you got you got booger, oh, got my booger boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it on the camera. So so we're, we're, we're family good. here, transparency. Yeah. Um. So then Daniel's over there on his crutches. I'm like, get me a damn beer, bro. <laughs> Come on, I need a beer. Um, so we're just boozing at this gig. I'm pissed because I'm sweating now. It's like a four-hour gig. We had bad communication. We were doing it for a friend. And then by the end of the gig, we're like pretty and it was like raining and we we're getting rained on. It's a terrible, so yeah. it's a terrible it was a toll game. on the soul menu venue gig.
0: Toll on the soul menu venue. I've never heard toll on the soul before. I love that.
2: Bro, it was tragic. <laughs> <laughs> so and we, then, we, and then we play this gig. We're waiting to get paid. They're telling us how they don't know if they can pay us. Oh, that's the best. Like this, that, the other. <laughs> while we're like, but while we find out, do you want a beer or a shot? And we're like, yeah, beer and a shot. So then, Daniel's go. on this medication. It's like COVID or something going on. Yeah, He's got torn on. a torn ACL. He's got... It's definitely COVID because you had the gator neck.
3: Yeah, I had the gator neck. He had the
2: gator neck pullover thing, you know? All
3: of a sudden, I felt the alcohol <laughs> decide to come back up. The first thing I could think Bro. about to do, because I can't run anywhere, was to pull <laughs> <He's> the gator <laughs> mask up. Oh, my
2: God. Pulled the gator mask up, dude. And it was projecting, like, through He's the... It's not good.
3: Through <laughs> we don't need to give a visual. The gator <laughs>
2: mask. Like, dude, I I can't handle that. So I start, I start being like, react. Oh, oh, like, <laughs> so we're both yeah. almost throwing up all over this. All block. of a sudden, we're waiting to get paid, and both of us are like,
0: Oh like, my god! Like, there's
2: puke everywhere. <laughs> it was not oh, a good. I can't think about. It. Yeah, <laughs> He's literally, oh, oh, he had to
3: give me one of his Chuck McGinn shirts to wear on they the ride home. a
2: double extra large white shirt with my face on. it. <laughs> Oh my and then, god! And then I still had to load out all the shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs>
3: in oh. the rain. Yes, there you and go. There's it your bagging like, story. Puke all up
2: in my stuff, bro. It was bad.
3: I love it, bro. Yeah, but like, we still worry. love each other. It's all We good, still love dude. each other.
2: Yeah. I, I had a similar situation where I went and saw Dead and Company one time on a Tuesday before I played at Tank Rays, and you know what? I, I should I shouldn't have been playing guitar at after that show. Um, hands down, one of the most scary moments <laughs> of my life. It was also the most packed tank raise show I ever played, <laughs> and you know that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. But from all those experiences, I feel like I've learned a pretty good lesson. Yeah. And you know, it we went a pretty good stint in this band, Stealing Peaches, before we had any kind of incidents like that. And we had one incident where maybe a couple of us like had a little bit too much, and then you know, but then we all we all and you know, for a second set situation, but we buckled up. We all talked about. It. We got, and now you know we're getting a little it goes tighter. Goes back to the transparency. Thing Gets we were back about to it the earlier. transparency where there's like responsibility. You know, people want to, people are paying their hard-earned money. The economy sucks. People are coming to see you play, and they're paying to come see you. We have responsibility to provide an experience for them. You know, I don't want to be drunk or no. like devalue that or take advantage of it's that. The respect so respect for the music. You know, you I mean, went through that experience and was in. You know, high school and college bands where that was the deal, but I mean we hey, we have a good ass time, but we just definitely wait till after the show now a little bit more than we used to.
0: No medication, no <laughs> gator mask. Yeah. No I mean I I definitely waiting till after the show is the way to go. I can't remember sure. a scenario with this band and where I'm at-
2: driving every night, so I definitely am yeah. kind of like you know, I don't think it was from
0: like
3: people, um, there's no malintent, it was just, you know, people you're on set break and people buying you shots and being like, yo, let's hang out. People want
2: to hang out and drink with you. You know, We had an experience after our show in Union Hall, we were driving there from Boca and we stopped in the middle of nowhere on some road. I'm like, what y'all get at the gas station? I got Frisbee and a Flambongo, <laughs> which is one of those beer bong flamingos.
0: Oh my yeah, God. A Flambongo, <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, yeah, that's everyone common. Knows Everybody knows what that is. Yeah, this is fuck? Florida. <laughs> everyone knows where the flumbongo is.
0: That's a great
1: fucking band name if it ain't already. Mm-hmm. Oh my
2: God, yeah, for sure. Doom flumbongo. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so we are chilling obviously before the gig. You know, we're ripping a little flumbongo. You know, af- after after the gig, like we had a great gig. So I got great video footage of Daniel. You know, we just collect all this stuff for the justice <laughs> oh, no. video, like down the line, yeah, the yeah, documentary. Yeah not like in the moment but um daniel rips a flambongo and he's he's got a shot trying to get in the car to leave i'm trying to get everybody in the car so i can drive them home we get down like we're not even 0.5 miles down the road it's not even daniel one of our other band members is like oh i don't feel good oh oh stop stop going on the bumps i'm like it's a train track i can't like i'm like driving here and then all the way i'm like do you want me to pull over and now he's like stop talking i'm getting my mind off of it Stop, stop talking to me. And all of a sudden, from the far back row in the van, you just hear this other band member go, pull over.
4: Oh, my (laughs) God. Completely
2: different scenario. This guy in the back beelines it inside. Everyone else goes inside to try to get some kind of food because we're stopping. We come back. The other guy already puked everywhere. (laughs) Like, we got some good stories. We rage. (laughs) After the (laughs) show. This is what happens. This is why we didn't want to say anything at first because it just will keep going. We got stories, man, but like, you know, we're also like, when it's time for us to do what we're yeah. there to do, we definitely um, yeah. try to do it to the best of our ability. You yeah. know, well, what sure. I mean? yeah. totally. Music, and our, know? I mean, playing some fast, crazy shit licks. We're learning some songs. that are like, yeah. kind of Bird uh, yeah, by the know. Brothers is like this crazy chromaticism song that they uh, wrote in memory of Charlie Parker. Stuff like Ma- From the Madness of the West is some old '80s uh, Almond Brothers and. There's only like one video of them on YouTube playing that. It's crazy, but that's back in the '80s. They're playing the fast. Players, yeah, the guitar players <laughs>
3: and this stuff. We gotta be on our shit. Like we yeah. So
2: be. you know, we just want to make sure we're uh, having as much fun as we possibly can, but being safe and also. Doing what we're there to do, you know? I think the, How about you guys? Give me something that Billy's done. That's dirty. Bro,
0: Billy B- Billy likes to talk a big game about how I'm the straight and narrow one. This dude straight doesn't do narrow. shit on the road.
1: That's because I did it oh. all in my twenties, kid.
0: Yeah. I don't need uh, to anymore. That's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so talk about some of your some of your days with Lucky Costello. It
2: sounded like Adam Sandler right there.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I always like to talk about did you ever uh Chuck, did you ever play the Bahia Cabana? Down in, uh, what? uh what's it called? Fort, no, not Fort Lauderdale. No, I think it wasn't Fort Lauderdale. Oh. It's this old 70s hotel. Anyways, they, they had bands there that from time awesome. to time. It looks straight out of like Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But we played a show there, I think I've told you this story, mm-hmm. where we're like uh, deep into like a 30-minute, 45-minute long electronic jam. We know we're going to go into it with Lucky Costello. And uh, we're like maybe five minutes into it and this girl in front of us just gets a little bit crazy because we had friends down there who would bring uh they thought it would be fun to just bring nitrous tanks uh and they would have that? them around the pool area and they were well, was it hi- not? they were yeah it was great but they, they were hiding <laughs> they were hiding behind uh like bushes and stuff like that Like thinking that, like in broad daylight. By the way, this is like maybe like three o'clock in the afternoon. This wasn't like a like a nighttime deal, and it was in a a public hotel. (laughs) But uh, uh, so I think uh, one girl had a little bit too much fun or whatever. I didn't know what she was getting into, and she uh, just jumped up in the air, and then just came straight down on her leg and just like just snapped it. Right. Oh my god. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, but we're we are fifteen minutes into a choice fucking jam. What do you do? Tony.
0: Uh you keep the jam
1: going. You Keep playing. Yeah. You yeah, have you to keep stop. playing. Yeah. So we were recording <laughs> we were recording the same way that y'all do at our live shows and everything like that, because it's a lot of improv and everything like that. And listening back to it, you just hear her going,
4: Oh ah, just
1: screaming her fucking ass. <laughs> and we just kept playing and like everybody was kinda like <laughs> dancing but didn't really know what to do. And then, like, sure enough, like, she's just there. Like, she's like, don't move. Everybody, like, a couple people were, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, you stay over there. We're going to just move the whole crowd to the left. And uh, uh, EMTs came <laughs>
0: while we're playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like,
1: right in front of us and put her on, like, a, uh, one of those backboards or whatever and took her off. And it it really kind of ruined the whole vibe, I will say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of a damper. Yeah, but yeah. don't maybe, As it, as don't it do would, records. as it
1: would, yeah. Yeah. Hey, lesson learned. Don't do nitrous in the daytime. You know that's yeah. a nighttime. <laughs> yeah. That's a nighttime drug for sure. It yeah. is. Um. Totally illegal, So had, I can't. I can't be incriminated with that, right?
2: We had a dangerous uh, situation at Tank Rays earlier this year where I turned around. Bucky was. I was jamming with this band. I told you. And Daniel and Bucky started yelling at somebody behind me because you know we put up stuff around the stage so people can't get up there and mess with our stuff. It's kind of like you know your happy place and your sanctuary um this dude jumped up over the barricade of dead cases it <laughs> was all up on my mic like licking my mic and uh licking yeah, it like like he this. was like, like, lollipop up on my stuff like what the fuck it, <laughs> in, in my personal One. space i definitely felt like threatened and um yeah i launched this dude right off uh stage into some the dead cases and then, we,
3: <laughs> then we all jumped on him i uh, had my guitar on throwing dude, him and i
2: made hand. eye contact and he had his whiskey glass in his hand, and I saw him cock back to throw the whole whiskey glass at I me, mean, so I dropped the Stratocaster and just uh, Goldberg'd him, dude. <laughs> I, um, feet in the air, horizontal took him off the stage. Uh, and when you say the show must go on, Bucky was right on that drum solo. Yeah. Bucky's drum soloing, throws a stick at the guy. Yeah. <laughs> keeps, keeps keeps going. I love uh, it. But it was, it was a scruff there for a minute. I got... I got sliced up pretty good, bit my cheek when I hit the ground on him. But uh, got up. Somehow there was a guy on with my guitar. I got up and, uh, you know, was out of tune. But we, I didn't mention word of what just happened. And we played another hour, 15 minutes straight without taking a break. and. Hell, yeah. Just, uh, security got, got him out of there. He,
3: that kid got way more than he thought he was going to get from <laughs> licking a microphone. Yeah. It's like, Who licks then, a like,
2: microphone?
0: So weird. It's like we're it's down, down there doing our kid. thing,
2: like, just like. Come on, like just that's an example of like drunk people definitely getting on your nerves a little bit.
0: We uh, we had well s- in a
2: dive bar setting it was a little bit more appropriate. You won't catch that at a stealing peaches yeah, show. We yeah, we won't be
0: throwing <laughs> hands at a in. No,
1: pizza. not it's at all. Definitely different. This is in the past. Nothing, nothing new is going to happen. Well, we, uh, I them. mean, plenty
2: of therapy has um, helped that situation. <laughs> I'm in a program. You know, yeah, so. yeah.
0: <laughs> I, There was one incident that I had when when we were playing at a bar gig. Another dive. It was a dive bar situation. And was I with you? Yeah, I think you were there Where? that night. It was at Shores he oh, was either yeah. right before Yeah, Shores will do it. Yeah, it either, either right before he joined the band or like right when he joined the band. But somebody was like uh, this this dude was hammered. He starts coming up to my mic stand like while I'm singing in it, and he starts like smacking oh. the mic stand, like with his hands. Like he he thinks he's being funny. I wasn't there for this. Oh, you weren't there for no. this? And fucking uh, so at first I like like I'm telling him to kind of back up and uh, he walks away for a second, then he comes back and starts doing it again. And at this point, like it it actually like the mic hits my mouth. So I got real fucking pissed and I just like straight up, just like full on front kicked him right in the chest. (laughs) Like while I'm still playing a guitar solo, he just flew back and his friends like caught him. Because you do martial
2: arts or something like that, right?
0: Yeah. This is before I was doing that though. A lot of- so it wasn't as effective. If I would have done that oh, now, it would have been a lot more effective. Uh, but I was like holding my guitar and like I was in the middle of a guitar solo. So I kicked him just enough so he would feel it. He fell backwards. His friends caught him. He was so hammered. He had no idea what was going on and just thankfully peacefully walked away. But, uh, oh, it- I know
2: it, it's scary sometimes, you know, I get worried about some shows not having security sometimes and you personal know? space is a big thing. And personal people, space is a big thing. stage—you do don't yeah. jump on the stage. I saw that one time at uh, Bear Creek or something. A dude jump up on stage and naked and face playing in front of this incredible band, just like you're taken away from everybody else that's trying to enjoy the moment. It's crazy.
3: It reminds me of like comedians with people heckling and stuff. You know? It's
0: yeah. very much. That's
1: extreme heckling, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's well, you know when you mix drugs and alcohol. I, and had, stuff, a, and I you know. had a I had a a lady flip my keyboard over. When oh my god at TSI the old TSI in oh Jacksonville on Crunchy Sunday when dubstep was all the rage but yeah she flipped my virus over that's oh, wild yeah that's probably why I act so weird sometimes
0: oh yeah probably. I don't I don't even
1: know why I don't even know what the deal was I really don't she was she was angry at, at like I think she was having a fight with her boyfriend or something like that just took it out on my synthesizer yeah that <laughs> I, sucks man. I was so mad. I wasn't playing, by the way. I was wa- I was watching it like we were, it was all set up and ready to play, and then later on we were gonna play or whatever. But she, she was doing it during a DJ set or something like that, and then just went on stage and just flipped my keyboard uh, over. So, I don't
0: know. People have like no respect sometimes for no respect. for what we do or no. just like the uh, our our instruments <laughs> or like it's just it's weird, bro. I don't get it. They think because we're having yeah. fun, like we they just like walk on what we're doing. You know, it's weird.
3: Yeah, it's it's totally yeah, disrespectful. It's crazy. I would never imagine doing that to somebody. No, it's,
0: it's wild. Totally. We had
2: an embarrassing moment in a Boca last week where we eat dinner right before the gig, and I realized I had like ripped the whole crotch out of my pants. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah, that's good. That's like, fun. The whole the whole crotch, and I didn't have any other pants, and I can't play the gig in shorts. <laughs>
0: so I thought I thought you were about I to was, say like, that he... so
2: uncomfortable the whole gig. I was just like trying to hide.
0: I thought you didn't have any underwear on. I was like, damn, that sucks, he bro. Wasn't,
2: no, he wasn't, I totally he wasn't did, free-balling. So like, that's, I, I didn't
3: understand why he was so worried about it. Cause like, they're not going to see nothing. You're not hanging brain or anything. <laughs> yeah. it was like, hanging brain. They, they had
2: some rips in the, <laughs> the jeans, but then it was like, bam. Like, yeah, It was like, the lady, all the people front row didn't know what they were getting.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I've had that happen on a yeah, corporate have had. I've had it happen the other way around.
1: Remember the Roadhouse? We used to play there all the time. Yeah. And it was just like this awful, like, I don't want to say redneck, but let's be real. Yeah. Redneck dive bar that was there. And they they just wanted you to not be there. But that one lady, she was there every single time. And yeah. She would all, and she was like, maybe like early 60s. That's I'd real say. generous. Yeah. And she would, real just, generous. she would just come up to us. There's nobody else. Like, uh, I'm telling you, the, the, the closest person to us from... Us playing was at least like twenty yards away. Yeah, and then she would just come up to us and then just flash us. Yeah, every time, and we would just and then like and it was always when you played Tom Petty. I remember yeah. she's like fucking love Tom Petty. Look at these fucking pancakes. Yeah, woof. Yeah, yeah. you
2: should have stopped playing woof. Tom Petty, you guys. You kept playing. We kept it. playing show, to Tom Petty.
0: I mean, and I think he liked it. Is why. I you know. Yeah, baby, right, exactly. I'm in. I'm into some guilt <laughs> action. What can you? What can oh, I say? Oh, good lord. Know? <laughs> like young gravy, dude. He's into that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, uh, this has been awesome. We got to get to uh, bottom line news and yeah. unpopular opinions. Yeah. Real, so.
1: real quick on oh. the music news.
0: Fucking. Uh, but it's been awesome having you guys have uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's just awesome. Yeah, thanks an awesome for having review. us.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you guys. <laughs> Very awesome to watch, see everybody you guys are interviewing, and it's uh, inspiring too. So thank you.
0: Hell yeah, man. What a nice um, couple of guys. All right, so bottom line news. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got what do you got from the headlines? Uh so This one what is less of a news uh article and more of just kind of a uh an awareness of, you know, what's happening in the industry as far as, you know, like the A&R stuff and this is a uh uh you know, people who aren't familiar A&R people are kind of like people to go out and scope out talent and traditionally they've been able they, they went to like sh- live performances and shows and, and like found new up-and-coming artists and then you know, would hopefully their mission was to try and sign the next big thing. Uh, the argument that's been happening as of lately is that uh, you know, like what their actual value is now, given the, the, the climate with social media and just how music is released these days... So the article that I found was just more or less about what the grind of an a A&R and artist actually is now and how it's really more intertwined with the marketing side of uh, the industry. So i um, curious as to what you guys think about this. The idea is that a uh, and guys now, or people now, are just, uh, they're, they're kind of skimming social media and finding people that are uh, blowing up in that in that world, but also still kind of doing the more traditional route but they're kind of looking for a few different aspects now, because it's less about artist development now when they're signing deals, and it's more about like you know view counts and followers, maybe to an extent, but more just about how savvy you are in social media. And well, if the music is good, then there's still like you know the there's still uh, like that like they're predominantly focused on how good the music is and how marketable it is.
1: I think uh, it's, I don't think that's that crazy at all. Like it's just. The way of the times now like how else that's uh, that's the quickest way to find new artists right yeah it's just it's, it's, it's that that caveat that like also we're not just looking for if your music is good or marketable we're also looking for the other factor of like you know can you do TikTok dances as well yeah or if you uh you know
0: yeah or just how creative you are with your advertising yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know what i mean like so um and, and you know are you and you know like are you on top of your analytics because they're always on top of that kind of stuff because they want to know that 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 they're protecting their investment which traditionally and our people weren't so involved in the marketing side but now because the way social media is integrated with everything they are kind of on top of that i'm just curious about what everybody else thinks about this and you know like uh chuck uh, with your education you might have some more background on what it was traditionally versus what it is now you know
2: I forwarded this uh article over to Daniel and I just gotta say that big Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa fan it had a bunch of they were referencing Dua Lipa in this scenario.
0: They did, you yes. Know?
2: And she crashes yeah. it, so I mean I, I love think her, that yeah. was the story about how she put out so many albums before she finally broke internationally and came over here. And that's it kind of the eight. idea of like
0: 8 oh. releases. That's insane. 8 albums? I don't know if it's albums or oh. that's what I was curious about if it was albums or like singles. Well, so that's singles. pretty crazy,
1: but like I'm like 8
2: albums until someone figured out. Yeah.
3: If it was 8 singles, then that's I mean not that it's not impressive, but 8 albums does
2: sound. 8 cool. albums sounds insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um especially in an in a uh, you know, the music industry is saying that the album isn't necessarily the way to release music. It's more music less music more frequently.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Compared to releasing an album mm-hmm. us as artists. So it's like, there's this nostalgia of putting together a 44 minute piece of art and perfection, you know, of 22 minutes on each side of a record that really you can sit down and you have to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's a kind of a trip and a journey, but like now, man, I'm, I'm definitely, partly addicted to scrolling, you know, like I get in the scroll hole. Is that what's called? Scroll. I <laughs>
1: no, love yeah. that. Yeah. 100%. A lot of band you know, names in like, this podcast for yeah. sure though. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yo, if you guys want some band names, I'll have our uh, bass player Glenn send you his uh Google, his notes. Uh he's got a couple hundred for you. Yeah, so is Bill oh, over yeah, so here. Do I. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty dark too. There's some good <laughs> ones, there's some bad <laughs> ones. Um But yeah, I mean, obviously I think number one is if there's talent, you can recognize that, you know, and that's part of the thing is like, Daniel has some serious talent that I want to be able to absorb, you know, and people are like, we're always creating energy. I'm passing on certain energy to him right now. He's passing on certain energy to me. We're passing it on to you. You're passing it on to us. Like you can feel and hear talent, you know, like you can see it, like it's undeniable. Um, when you start to get people to recognize that, that's where the A&R thing really comes into play is when they can see that talent and then the record labels or the industry knows how to manipulate that talent into creating somebody a career, you know? Um, right. That's kind of how that's their job is to find somebody with a gift, whether that is someone that already had a million dollar business, like you said earlier, or somebody that can sing like absolutely insane or play guitar out of this world. Um but they're still looking for talent, whether it's acting or comedy, whatever it may be. Maybe they make great short films or something, you know? Um, but I think looking for good art, and that's why I'm a big fan of people um, like Jack Conti and Jack Stratton. Jack Conti's from Pomplamoose and uh, Scary Pockets. He also is the CEO of Patreon. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That makes Jack sense. Jack Stratton. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a freaking genius. I. I'm trying to make my little camera studio setup as functional as his, is his uh, Instagram post of his setup here. For oh, real? Jack Stratton from Wolfpacks an absolute genius, you know. And he can, they he has, they have all these friends with all this talent, and they're now figuring out how to, you know, leverage that themselves, where they don't necessarily have to go to a record label or a mainstream um, outlet to be able to put that out there. They're creating. Um, platforms that are in the artist's best interest, such as Patreon. And if your thing is, like, you create the most awesome content or you're making eight albums, maybe if Dua Lipa had eight albums and she had a, a diehard fan base on Patreon, maybe that's, you know, what is success? That's where you get to the, what is success? What is it to you? I used to just say, I want to play guitar in a different city every night. And that was my idea of success and what I wanted to do with my life. You know, over time, some things have changed here and there. You do a couple pivots. Totally. But um but you know, it's like with the whole A and thing, the game has definitely changed from like I was mentioning those famous um bars back in the day that A and R guys would just go to and freaking uh what is it? West LA. I'm not. I'm not from LA, but is that where the whiskey was? Where yeah, whiskey, everybody whiskey famous ever played, you know? And they go and break the next biggest band. I like if watching. You are uh, breaking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like watching. Uh, rewatch Purple Rain, because that's like the whole Ooh. movie. It's like they're gonna kill it this night, and there's gonna be this just A and R guy in the crowd and everything like that. But that's just how it was in the eighties. Yeah.
0: Suppose. Well, it's it's just it's interesting that uh, I'm it's it's uh. Uh, It's kind of refreshing to hear that 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 kind of still exists because for a long time people have been talking about that that dynamic has gone away. But it's nice to hear that's still happening. And also, even with the age of social media, that if this article is true, the AR reps are still looking at predominantly the talent versus the other stuff because, you know, I think with for there there may have been a lull there with, with labels. And uh, how streaming uh, worked when it, when it was kind of becoming the like you know the main thing. There may have been a lull with labels and how they're able to re- recoup their their investment. You know, less artist development and just kind of the, the labels are figuring out how they were going to pivot. But now I feel like they've got a better grasp on like how the industry is working now in the in the modern landscape. And it's kind of going like okay, well traditional roles now still exist uh, in the capacity that they did. But now that there's just maybe a new element that they might be checking out, like the social media thing for sure, like are you savvy on social media, but like are you also like aware of your numbers and you know like like how well you know you you know just maybe be able to market yourself? So it's just one more aspect, just kind of tagging on to the artist thing nowadays, where you have to be I don't multifaceted. Think, I, don't,
1: I don't even think that it's tagging on. It's just like one medium died, which was CD sales, and now it's a new one. Yeah but yeah, I guess you could call that tagging on, but like, well, that's it's just f- gone as now. far as
0: what they're looking for from the artists, there's just one more, one more aspect that, that they want. Cause to like see. how
1: many times have you like in the 2000s and 90s and stuff like that? An, uh, uh, uh an album would come out from like a brand new musician and it would, you would just buy that album. So you could have that one song. on Yeah. It. And I mean, like it, that's the, that's an old outdated model and no one's doing that anymore. So it does make sense that it's, Giving out singles and stuff like that. Yeah. Instead of like the whole 45, just going back to what you were saying about the album stuff.
3: Yeah, for sure. But, for
1: sure. Uh, the- well,
2: I think there's a way to break through the noise, you know, and that's a big thing is you have to break through the noise to get what is going to get you on the cover compared to another band or what are you going to do to set yourself different from the next band. You know, like the Grouvoir went through that um, for a while with like, oh, you guys are just a bunch of young college kids playing jam band music. What's different from you than. This, that, the other. Why should I book you or why should I, you know, what are you doing that's a little bit different? So, um, you know, whether that's dynamic or if you're, like, playing some music that's people aren't really playing anymore, I mean, how are you going to break through the noise? But um, also there are so many more tools now that we can't really sell CDs the way we used to be. You know, like, there are a bunch of tools, like um, my buddy here in Orlando started a company called Indiepreneur, which is a DIY independent musician um, marketing platform where they teach artists how to get real fans through video view campaigns on Facebook and through marketing their shows. They also teach you these different ways to be able to boost your Spotify numbers and they're teaching you actual marketing. It's not like just like, uh, some pyramid scheme situation. They're helping musicians figure out how to do so. And I mean, that's a way to get a lot of people to see your videos. And if the talent's there and the right person sees it, you know, that's only going to get you that much closer to doing what you want to do. Um, so, just like I don't know, and that's a big thing on why I'm focusing on live performance videos. It's representation of us at that point and moment in time, and um, we're just trying to create some killer-looking videos that maybe who knows who's gonna see it. You know, maybe that will just get us one more gig. That's the whole idea.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah, love it. Um, you guys uh, want to move on to unpopular opinions? Sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you, uh, so sometimes our guests are uncomfortable with this segment, but I mean, uh, I always love this part. This is my favorite part of the show. It is? 100%. I thought it was a spreadsheet. I like the spreadsheets too, but this is my <laughs> second favorite part of the show then. Um, second favorite part of the show.
2: Uh, spreadsheets are definitely not my favorite part. But yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so Bill, what you got, bro?
2: All
1: right, I'm going to try to break your viral video. With my unpopular opinion, let's see it. I think Taylor Swift is the problem, in her in all of her songs. Really? Yeah, without a doubt.
0: You think she, she's the problem in all of her songs, not the guy that, that's like fucking with her? No. Like, <laughs> okay.
1: are you kidding me? Uh, here's 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 why I say that. There have been so many of her songs where it's literally like this guy did her wrong, this guy did her wrong, this guy did her wrong. And how many how many guys has she got to go through where it's just like. Everybody else listening to her kind of goes, well, maybe she's the reason why. You'll have to have her on, and you know. I, on I'm on just saying. Day. I think that it, it has. There's a point to this. Dang.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean that. I don't know. Sorry. I just want
1: to see the. I just want to no, see comment. the other side <laughs> of the story a little bit. Yeah. I believe you. I do believe you.
2: But also, like maybe maybe she just hasn't had the right guy, done the right yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> you're <laughs> telling me John Mayer's
1: not the right guy, dude. Oh, <laughs> a- <laughs> I know that's what I'm trying to say. I just don't understand it.
0: I mean, she's gotta be what, like 27, 28 <laughs> no, by now. No, she's
1: 89. She's the no, same she's
0: age as us. Oh, she's she's our age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's 30. So is she and like the right guy hasn't come along by now. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I see. I, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. Yeah, my girlfriend's gonna down. kill me for. Maybe saying she's that. really focused on work. <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs> uh, sure. or maybe yeah. she's
2: just a little i don't know
0: i don't know i mean like yeah that could that I could be she's
2: doing, i think she's okay
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you can't talk bad about taylor Swift. yeah i'm not your trying fan,
2: to get,
3: canceled.
1: You're f- trying to get your canceled fans your fans will their well her fans will cancel you 100 percent. yeah i mean i don't My know family
2: will cancel me if i talk bad about taylor swift can't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: our music's great I mean, it, I, it, it it slaps I, i'm not saying anything bad about her music i'm just like every one of her songs is about some guy that like jilted her basically yeah and i'm just like okay but her why did why did he jilt you yeah but we never Do learned we never hear so, that in a song
3: it might be <laughs> just a writing formula and she figured out that works and people like to hear that shit no and sort of like, I, I, I'm so. sure.
1: without a doubt it's definitely like you know it's like the same thing like sad kind of country songs like Hank Williams was that sad the whole time? Like, maybe he was, actually. Now I'm thinking about it, but <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't think that she's had that bad of luck in relationships. Yeah. I, th- I think it's her. You think it's her? I think it's her. I, I think, think it's unpopular you. opinion. I think a lot of... T-Swift, I'm sorry, but I don't know. Geez. Maybe go, <laughs> maybe her, go talk if, to somebody. <laughs> yeah.
2: What if her, Taylor Swift, and Kanye got together? That'd be crazy. Oh,
1: man, that would be... <laughs> that'd be like an alternator running forever
0: it's gonna happen <laughs> that, that 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 perpetual yeah. emotion yeah that 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 uh collaboration is for sure gonna happen no
1: but there's no way oh he he, he fucking ruined he, it Her he oh, best yeah. music video of all time he, speech
0: he did it, yeah. was, it was beyonce's time beyonce yeah beyonce. um that's she's good, french that's a good unpopular opinion <laughs> thank I'm you gonna, i'm to that one yeah, yeah. That
3: was pretty good i like that thank you
0: um. All right. My unpopular opinion is that I've been seeing this a lot lately, and I'm not into it. Uh, overalls do not need to make a comeback. I I disagree. <laughs> yeah. <you know>, Hundred
1: <laughs> percent. I wasn't. I wasn't. Was uh, of course, uh, the guy from Kentucky's gonna. Yeah. Disagree I was an Oshkosh Bagash kid all day. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm
0: just saying that there's literally no more unflattering piece of attire than an than an overall.
1: I think. I think a, a nicely. Fitted uh, a uh, overall on a wonderful looking lady is, is good in my book. When you hit six you years old, it. it's time uh, to retire I
2: mean, them. What <laughs> well, if people just brought? Okay, my
1: my papa wore overalls into his 80s, like 100%. Overalls are great. That's a good unpopular opinion, though.
0: Chuck, what well, you said something though that, that 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 we missed.
2: Oh, overalls. I mean. Imagine if was just, everyone's walking around and their wetsuits just half down, you know? It's just like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That could be worse. Is just like going out to dinner in your wetsuit.
0: I mean, yeah. no, it can certainly be worse than overalls for sure. But um, it's also like they don't need to be around either.
1: Who, who have you seen? Anton, where are you from? Where are you from?
3: I'm it's from uh,
1: 305. What are you? Uh, are you kidding Miami, man? Fort
0: Lauderdale area. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? yeah.
1: Yeah who have you on, who have you overalls. seen wearing overalls though? Uh,
0: it's been it's been happening a lot in like movies and shows that I've been watching. And I just know watching it's, a lot of period pieces. Well, uh, no, actually, that's the problem. Is that they're like <laughs> modern shows, and I'm watching. I'm seeing that they're trying to sneak them in to, to the culture again. This is what they do. They're sneaking, they're sneaking in them in. They, 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 they put. They start to plant the things in, in mainstream culture, like in television the shows. Twenties are coming back, and and movies, <laughs> and in in music videos. I'm sure you're gonna start to see them again. And what happens is people are like, oh, that's a fad now, and we're gonna do that. Yeah. Let's not make it a fad now. Let's just leave them. Where they are, I had sounds a- like I need to go buy some overall stuff. Yeah,
1: <laughs> one thing. D-
0: uh, Dads just are wearing overalls at Clark, all the steel Peach and shows. Yeah, <laughs> let's
1: go, How about it? The only bad thing about overalls is there's no zipper. Guess what? You got to take the whole thing off no, no, to guess go to the what? bathroom.
2: There's like literally some, the original romper. Yeah, is the overall. Yeah,
1: it's a romper for sure. Imagine taking one of them off in front of a urinal.
0: I mean, <laughs> there's 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 literally and then taking a deuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so much more wrong with it, with an overall than the fact it doesn't have a zipper. It's literally like all of it's wrong.
1: Well, I poop naked anyway, so
0: that's. Yo, you're totally one of those fine guys. I video. believe it. I feel like Billy. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I feel like Billy's the guy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like Billy's the the kid that when he was like, you know, six years old and had to go pee in the bushes, he would just pull his pants all the way down to his ankles and lift his shirt up. 100%. And just, start, just,
2: let, just let it
0: rip in the bushes. 100%. But I don't
3: sit or th- use the bathroom backwards yeah. and use the top of the toilet
0: as a little table. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah course, that, that just I,
2: makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just found out that like half of our band wipes from the front.
0: Yo, we talked about that <laughs> so, last night. What, what do you. You don't
1: wipe from the front? Yeah, you got What? How, I don't even know how that's aerodynamically possible. You how, have to wipe from the front. You
0: got to wipe from the front, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck, you 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 a back wiper? You guys are back wipers.
2: Dude, have you seen uh, these I'll obliques, brought, bro? I'll Come brought. on, bro.
0: <laughs> no, I
1: don't. I don't do that.
2: I blame my back wipe. I don't. Yeah, that's I,
1: another opponent. I definitely don't pee sitting down, though. I will say that.
0: I'm a big fan of that. For that's sure. fucking ridiculous. With you, bro. That's so gross. <laughs> hell yes. Hell yes. Ugh. All right, guys. Where where are you guys at?
1: Yeah. What's your unpopular opinion, Chuck? You go first.
2: Oh, that jazz is wrong notes.
1: Oh.
0: Jazz is wrong
1: notes. I'm
2: right there with you.
1: That
0: is a real uh, no. oversimplification of jazz. not real. Not not real. I had I have
1: a conspiracy theory. Doesn't
2: make it jazz, dude. Yeah. yeah.
1: I have a conspiracy theory about jazz that uh, like one day, like back in the 20s, somebody was just like, like just messing up real hard at a gig and he's like no 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 this is the new style of music and then everybody just went with it
0: man um, he was
1: just a very very convincing guy or
0: Billy's, girl or girl, Billy's or heard like three jazz tunes in his life so yeah. I'm not listening to what the he has to say love
1: Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack it's my favorite and just assumes jazz started in the 20s yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: didn't it alright I'm sorry <sighs> so uh you're not, not a fan of the jazz huh Chuck
2: no I'm totally a fan of the jazz yeah I me either saying that's an- I think that's an unpopular opinion.
0: Oh, I that. see. You, you don't yeah. actually believe it. You're saying that that's a, that's opinion that's unpopular, just a consensus. I mean, he's got a point. It literally is. Maybe I miss the wrong nose.
2: Maybe I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs>
3: yeah. And I'm no, no, no. That's I fine. I love.
0: That's a goddamn lie. I know that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, catch me at no, the right like show. The, the, yeah, I'll be
3: like, it sucks.
0: Yeah, um, no. I like that you just went with an, with just a general unpopular opinion, and that's not even your opinion. I'm I'm super into <laughs> that. That's hilarious. Yeah, we didn't put that the in fun. the, the, <laughs> the yeah. Um. All right. Well, we do have one unpopular opinion. Do you really not have an unpopular opinion, Dan? Or are you going to omit your? Not that I
3: can't think of. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> well, we got we got Gatorade's what better.
2: What do you say? Gatorade's better. H2O. No,
0: and oh. no, disagree strongly with it's that. From one, the too. Water Boy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He was wrong about everything.
1: Who's the Fonz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um But we got fan mail, don't we, Tony?
0: We do have some fan mail. Yeah. One more unpopular opinion. We got it from our boy, I think we all know, uh, Kevin Maines.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. What a great guy. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does he have an unpopular opinion? He yeah. sure here, does. Here we go. Oh no. Oh man. I knew
1: somebody was gonna get <laughs> us with lunch.
0: He's going I know he's doing this to just kind of fucking it to you guys yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah, he has been saying it's like the, the the craziest unpopular opinion we've ever
0: had. It's not the craziest one, but it is um, pretty good. Um he said unpopular but absolutely factual indisputable opinion. Jack Pearson is the best guitar player to ever be a member of the Allman Brothers.
3: <laughs> Yo, oh well, I don't know about best ever, but Jack is the man, boy. Yeah. It's just like seamless
2: 100%. and flawless.
3: You know, there's so many guitar players in that band that were phenomenal, uh, but Jack is just. So
2: here, here's my here's <laughs> my tiff with this whole circle of fists right here. Is Jack Pearson was a big overall wearer, Anton? That's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, um, then. And- if
2: some of the most iconic videos of the Almond Brothers are with Jack wearing overalls. He looks like
1: a
3: train conductor.
2: Now he, I think you hate the Almond Brothers. No, anti- he just doesn't want the, <laughs> just, He doesn't, want, just, he
1: doesn't want it to bring just, it back. No, you're right. Leave it where it was in the 70s. No,
0: you know what? You're right. And actually, I couldn't disagree with Kevin Moore now because Jack Pearson wears overalls. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: actually,
3: he wears overalls. He is the man. I think um, something I heard that the reason why Jack got hired in the Almond Brothers was because Dicky saw him play guitar, and Dicky said, "If we don't hire that dude in the band, then I'm gonna give, I'm gonna have him give me guitar lessons." Is how that happened.
2: Or he said, "Then I'm gonna go start a band with him." Yeah. Right. No exactly. Reason.
0: Oh, that's actually really smart. See, we, we can pay him to be in the band and get free guitar lessons, or I gotta pay him to give me guitar lessons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then exactly. didn't Jack Pearson do a thing where he would play in standard, but he tuned his G string to G sharp, yeah. so the top of Three strings are like you're playing an open E, but I mean, it's all the oh, five uh, of them except uh-oh. for the G. He,
3: yeah. So you could get those like, you know, major chords by just kinda going down. But it's good to be a seven because you have that, you know, seven That's you know,
2: Jack Pearson tricks. That's wild.
0: I did not know that. That's, Me neither. We know <laughs> that you <laughs> didn't know, but, Bill.
3: But yo, yeah, Jack Pearson is the man. That is a great opinion, Kevin. Heck yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw them at a... I I think it was with it wasn't freight train, it was the other uh Was it Labor Airs? I think, yes, it was with them at Wani 2017, I think. Oh, that set was so good, dude. So good. I was on copious amounts of Molly by that point, but it was. Me too. Yes, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Just joking. Just joking. Don't take it back now, Daniel. Yeah, I know. It's hard to say about it sometimes, right? Um,. Nice. Guys, I can't focus uh, this has been an awesome podcast. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really <laughs> that was appreciate a high it.
2: High note to end on. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Musician anyway. jokes. Yeah. Um, Musician jokes. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, do you guys want to plug anything again, real quick, before we go?
2: Plug anything.
3: Just stealing peaches. Chuck McGee Trio, Daniel Heights Band,
2: and yeah. Yeah, we'll be in Jacksonville, November fourth at Underbelly. It's our first time at Underbelly, um, not nineteen o four. It's a, so it's
0: a good new venue. You're gonna love it. Yeah, you guys are gonna dig it.
2: We're really excited. Uh, come out there and see what we. November fourth. I'm the there. Rocky I'm tunes. off.
0: Let's go, Hell baby. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. how
2: Billy knows his calendar like that. It makes me feel good. I know, yeah. right, <laughs> Billy. Billy, you're going to be okay, dude, no matter what he says about you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I
0: say all the things, so. I, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying.
1: I, like, since I met you, you just told me how awful I am at piano. Constantly. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> We've gotten a lot better, though. It's great. Um, that's that's, that's the out. first compliment I've ever gotten.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: 100%. What's yeah. our joke, Daniel? We- our, our joke is, is
1: we'll be on stage, and
3: we'll walk up to each other, and we'll whisper to each other. I'll go, It's crazy that you play guitar because I am so much better than you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So,
2: dude, this comes from this incredible (laughs) ski movie. It was a ski movie filmed in Squaw Valley and they used to play a game called Gnar where every year they would figure out who the gnarliest guy in the mountain is. (laughs) And different things had different point systems. So going up to, and like spraying some tourists and being like, I can't believe you ski because I'm so much better than you. And then (laughs) like you ski off, like you'd get some Gnar points. So like, or if you were about to drop in on a big run, you call your mom first and tell her you're about to rip the shit out of the shit, you get some gnar points. If you do it naked, you get more points. So we kind of play our own little game of gnar by letting the, busting each other's balls I've, and trying to get each other to step up.
0: How many times have you guys called each other naked before a show and told you that you were better than the other one? <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Oh. It sounds like some gnar points right That's, there. We should
2: start doing that. Yeah. Dude, you get some gnar points. Or, or yeah. like, bro, Um, I can't believe you play guitar because I play so much better than you. Wasted. <laughs> <So like. laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I love it. Um,
4: I
1: know, we have fun. All right, today, guys. Well, so thank you again. Thank you, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate
0: it. It's been fun. No, thank y'all. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see link you up guys. up
2: on some sidebars, getting some more uh, deep, deep depth convos on that. Music biz. Yeah,
0: that sounds
1: amazing. I I can't wait to be a fly on that wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. Let's just play some music, Bill. That sounds better.
0: Yeah, I've been to that too. I with you. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time.
1: Cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thanks. Adios. Peace. Peace.